Ah, yes, and we are recording. We got a podcast going. It is a uh, another Friday night in Cleveland, by the way, uh, for all the people that were paying attention. The sound that the Harley Davidson makes is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, totally road legal. I assure you, that's yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, all of those parts are available on eBay for anybody to purchase. Uh, but that is the police Harley Davidson that I bought a few podcasts ago. Uh, I went up to Camden, New Jersey, and got that uh, with six thousand miles on it, uh, FLHP. Unfortunately, when they decommissioned it. Used an axe. Oh my god! An electrical <laughs> system. Savages, man, savages. I think they just grabbed whatever wires were at the front of the motorcycle and just pulled real hard <laughs> until all the lights came out the back. That was so rude. Uh, but I did become very handy with those melty splices, mm-hmm. the heat shrink and splicing all in one operation. The first time I decommissioned one of the Harleys for our city, yeah, I got in trouble because I took way too long. Clearly, <laughs> there's a time limit. Because I, you know, I took the wiring out of the, I took the tank off, I took the seat off. Yeah. I took it apart to unwire it and everything. Yeah. And clearly, that no, no. Just no, take clearly it. it's like fucking calf rope. Just cut it off, just cut this, cut yeah. this, cut that. Just, it's, it's, you basically run up to the Harley Davidson with the biggest pair of dikes you have, or maybe aviation shears, and you start cutting wires out of it, and then you throw your hand up in the air and yell, done. And if you do it in less than eight seconds, you keep your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Fucking horrible. To my left is... Nick DeVito. And to his left... Johnny Mack. And to his left... Steve Hoffer. It's a very small podcast tonight. It's what we like to call intimate. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very close to having a crackle cast. I've heard that rumor has it on Sunday it's going to be 50 degrees. Yes, it is. Uh, so, yeah, but perhaps a month only for a brief be. time. <laughs> when the 60 mile an hour winds come through right. and it's going to go from 50 down to like... Who? Yeah, it's, I have a huge pile of wood in my backyard because they cut our tree down. Yeah, you I took had, your tree I had, away. I had them leave a bunch of it. Okay, yeah. The uh, I have a log splitter if you need it. I do. See, now that's your peanut butter's and his chocolate. Uh, Harley Davidson. Interestingly enough, we talk about our little our little motorcycle there with the oh, and there goes other associates of the Harley Davidson motorcycle. Uh, yeah, so Harley Davidson has put a little bit more data out about their live wire, and <clears throat> excuse me. So, but the the release the the verbiage, I didn't realize the live wire is basically one of a set. You can collect the whole set of electric powered devices from Harley Davidson, and uh, the first one of them that I have to call attention to is basically. A Sears Roebuck mini bike that somebody forgot to put the, the motor in the middle of. <laughs> right? It looks, I saw a picture of that, I looked at it, and it looks like the floorboards are actually made out of skateboards. I think they are actually yeah. made of skateboards yeah. put with batteries in between them. Yep. Yes, yep. there's batteries between It's kind of cool looking, though. Yep. Oh, sure it is. Of course. And, and, if you it know, ever comes to fruition. And if it's not $30,000. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what they wanted to make sure, what they wanted to make really clear, and you're right, the floorboards of it, mm-hmm. the floorboards where your feet go do look exactly like mini skateboards. And it, it has like the little cur- oh, dip they got down curves and, and everything. Curve up. It's yeah. clearly supposed to be two skateboards. Yep. Because what happened is in the marketing meeting, somebody said, from XYZ Marketing Company with their $9 billion contract to Harley-Davidson, what we need are the young kids. 
And what the kids are in, what you're missing the point is kids love skateboards. Even kids that can't skateboard love skateboards. So we're going to yep. put a skateboard on a skateboard and a skateboard because we heard you like skateboards. So this is a mini bike that actually has two skateboards where your feet go. One skateboard on the left, one skateboard on the right. And then by the looks of it, it looks like it might have like a 14-inch wheel or... I mean, it's not a little 12-inch or a 10-inch wheel. Right. Now, there's nothing but space in the middle of it. And so that's that uh, the concept scooter. You can all put right? your backpack in there. What you can, I, put, everything. What you can put your skateboard in there. And now here's their concept uh, mountain biker or mountain bicycle. Look at how tiny that seat is. It is, it is not a seat. It is a suppository. <laughs> yeah. Anybody over the age of 18, that seat is going in their butthole. Yep. Anybody who's ever joined the military, that seat's going to go in real fast. So that is their uh, that is their other offering. That's an e bike. It is an e bike. Of course, yeah. it's an e bike, and the other one's an e scooter. Yeah, right. I, I didn't <clears> see <throat> turn signals on either of no, them. No, neither of them has any safety equipment yeah. on it whatsoever. So maybe that's just because they're prototypey, concepty yeah. kind of things. But the boilerplate. Now, if you've gotten a chance to read the boilerplate from Harley Davidson on this stuff, it is just embarrassing. I'm, it, it is embarrassing. Uh, I don't... And they mention Zero and Lightning in here 15 times, mm-hmm. which is great for Zero and Lightning because they're getting their name put out there for absolutely free. <clears throat> Are we ready? According to Harley-Davidson's Vice President of Merchandise Planning and Portfolio, Mark McAllister, the price of the Livewire is driven by limited production quantities. That's why it has to be $30,000 Because they're not going to expect, and they said, quote, we don't expect mass market adoption. Good, because you're not going to get it. I'm glad that you're telling me, I mean, I'm glad you're telling me how many you're not going to sell. So you look like less of an ass when you don't sell any of them, okay? But when these dealers are all shelling out $80,000 a piece to have a charging station in their shop for a bike that we don't expect mass market adoption. Well, that's where they're going to make their real money. Oh, selling the dealers the $80,000 charging stations, (laughs) clearly. Um, and what it says is, Har- what? Harley-Davidson spends piles of money and expends precious limited resources to build its first electric motorcycle, and it has already determined that it won't sell in quantity. So why invest in electric motorcycles at all? That seems like a darn good question. Well, it turns out it's because there won't just be one, but it'll be an entire portfolio of electric motorcycles. And for the record, if the motorcycle you're buying comes out of a portfolio, you're not a motorcyclist. <laughs> I don't know what comes out of a portfolio, but it's not bikes. Okay, well, here we go. The idea is it's the first. The Livewire is the first of a number of Harley-Davidson branded electric vehicles. And this is boilerplate. This is copy. It's not me coming up with it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's saying that many people will consider buying an inexpensive electric Harley because it shares some of the excitement of the $30,000 Livewire. (laughs) Oh, wait. So this shares some of the excitement of the Livewire. So I'll buy it. And that would be like saying that a 35-year-old man would buy the Evil Knievel Huffy because it shares some of the ex- excitement of the actual mm-hmm. XR750 Evil Knievel jumped over the whatever. I right? like the live wire, but I'm too broke dick to afford it. So I'm going to buy the not-so-live-wire, or the what they're going to call <laughs> the, the, lip sh- wire. I, the short circuit. Yeah. Um, what the the ground interruption? I don't know what name. If the other one's a live wire, this one's what nine volt battery across your tongue. I I would have to see prices for their e bike oh, because sure. yeah. it's not going to be cheaper than any other e bike. Oh yeah. So yeah. 
So, first of all, and now, by the way, we're back to copy now. We're back to the actual words of Mark McAllister. New. Marketing puke for Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We're going to give a shout-out to this in a minute, by the way. This is A.D. Law's Four Grain Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Batch number 12 from Law's Whiskey House. Uh, Law's, Whis- Law's Whiskey House is bottled, brought to you by... Uh, their facility on South Tacoma Street in Denver, Colorado, lawswhiskeyhouse.com. Now, um, AD Laws, oh, man. And this is the, now, is this the, uh, is this the, oh, God, that's good. Holy crap, that's good. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is this the power behind Stranahan's? It was the guy, originally, he was the original distiller yeah. at Stranahan's, and he left when... Yeah, when the Japanese bought it. Right, yeah. and so he um, formed this company, and I think he's already gone from this company. I'm going to tell you right now, podcast listeners, take the most delicious, I mean just the most delicious bourbon you've ever had near your face. This is better. This is absolutely better. There's just fucking awesomeness going on here. It's really, really good. Stranahan's has actually pulled back yeah. from their mass marketing. Yeah. They're trying to be a little more selective to, again. Yeah, they're go, go, but the bottles still don't have that. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, they try to make it look like Distilled it, but while stamped. watching yeah. Top Gear. Yeah. 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 Distilled while listening to Bowie. Yeah, right? I mean, that was that was always the fun thing about Stranahan's, was it was such a small batch mentality, was the guy that was putting it together was writing his name on the bottle and telling you what he was listening to or watching at the time. Mm-hmm. God, that's delicious. Jesus Christ. John, you're not having some of that? I had a little sip of it. Oh, man. I'm not a big whiskey guy. You guys, yeah, I mean, everybody knows Help me. yourself. It is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, uh, Stranahan's was one of the few that I actually could drink. And I took a sip of that, and maybe I'll take mm. another sip. You know, sometimes, yeah. every once in a while, when the mood catches me, I yeah. can actually drink a glass of, of bourbon. Man, this was available. I got this in Benny's, at, at Benny's yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Because you can't get it in Ohio. No. Benny's so. Liquor Emporium. And that, that place is, is like supermarket. the Costco of, yeah. of liquor. <laughs> we have friends that have a Benny's card. That's how much they go there. They get a, a Benny's club card. Uh, fantastic. That is fucking delicious. Right it's there. like IPAs. I, uh, yeah. But I did actually find an IPA, orbital IPA, if anybody's into IPAs. Oh, yeah? If you're a non-IPA person, but you would like to try to join right. the club. I suggest the Orbital IPA. Was and this sound, man, just for anybody who knows, if that sound doesn't make you thirsty, you're not my friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It that. would if it was a rum drink or something. Well, like we that. have rum. Yeah. I'm a foofy little bitch. Mm. Do, do you dislike um, Roman Twists? Oh, I, I could drink the like. I like a whiskey sour. Oh I, yeah, I'll drink the yeah. shit out of a whiskey right. sour. I used to like old fashions, right? Oh stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Just yeah. Straight, you know, on the rocks, yeah. straight up whiskey. Nah. Oh. No cheaper bourbon. You know, and I don't mind like mixing it, something. With, when I've but. drank it, and if I can get through the first glass or first, mm-hmm. few, you know, then it, it's easy, much easier for me. Yeah. This takes the it edge just, off. This is one of those things that people are like, I can't drink bourbon unless I'm smoking a cigar. I drink bourbon because I don't smoke cigars. Yeah, like to me. A cigar doesn't make that better. This is better than any cigar to me. It the could be too that my dad was a Seagram's guy. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's the most awful thing. It's not great. I yeah. hate Seagram's. I've drank Seagram's to the point where I got sick drinking his Seagram's, and maybe that's why I've never just been like. Well, I feel the same way about Jim Beam to this day. Bad. I love bourbon and everything, but Jim Beam just hits my nose, and they're a little like 
all of a sudden, I'm 18 years ago, throwing up in Sergeant Bob's lap. Yeah. It's not cool. Uh, well, was your dad a seven guy or a VO guy? Seagram's in seven. Yeah. Yeah, seven oh. and seven, probably. No, but I'm saying the Seagram's No, his dad was from... probably seven and seven. Yeah. yeah. So, VO's a lot better, I think. Of course, VO's real. Yeah. To yeah. me. But anyway, but that's... Wow, well, that's you... good. Yeah. Uh, really shout good. Shout out to uh, that... Uh, Winking Lizard in Lakewood. Yeah. They have a down under bourbon bar. Oh, yeah. The bourbon bar under the Winking Lizard is pretty good. And if you're ever in Cleveland, that's one place. I mean, you can go to Winking Lizard pretty much any place, but the bourbon bar has a book that explains every (laughs) bourbon scotch. It does. It does. It gives you an education without being dick about it. Yeah. It's very common to find bars that. I want my daughter's first drink of alcohol to be bourbon. Or whiskey, <laughs> preferably Seagram's. Yeah, if she's yeah. just like, here's a glass. Turn her off early. Close your eyes. Just drink. Yeah. Take a nice big gulp. Yeah, and it'll be a long time before she drinks it. Oh, my daughter did that with tequila. She's like, oh, I, you know what? I could drink a shot. I could drink a double shot of that tequila. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah. give me a shot of it. You know, she's acting really oh, tough. Yeah. So I pour her a shot of tequila. I could see your daughter getting mouthy. Oh, about and that. she drank it, and she oh, was my like. God. <gasps> She sat at the table. She's like, I think I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) But then then she went, and now she could drink me under the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is the... I think think the other half of that bottle went. (laughs) Yeah. God, this tastes an awful lot like root beer. Uh, The... This uh, back to the live wire. This comment that they make that you know Mark McAllister makes about his product. First of all, we're bringing a real Harley Davidson encounter. Encounter? It's like <laughs> you're getting raped in a parking garage. Yeah, or and something? that's what it's saying. It's like you know, it's like I could swim with a dolphin, or I could go park next to a Harley Davidson because they're both encounters. I mean, every article I've been I've been seeing articles about Harley Davidson where they're supposed to start trying to build trucks and stuff like that because. Yeah. Everybody's saying they're going to tank, that they're going Well, out. I love the the whole quote of, first of all, we're bringing a real Harley-Davidson encounter to an electric bike that manages and develops power in a great way. We also bring 115 years of experience of the way to service customers, and we bring support and capability at ensuring riders have a great experience. Too many one, words. One, if you listen to our podcast last week and the great motorcycle quiz, you'll know that Harley-Davidson doesn't have 115 years of experience of the way to service customers because their bike wasn't even sold by them. The first one was sold by a dude in Chicago three years later. So they're not really bringing 115 years. You know, basing everything on this uh, myth of a 100, uh, 1903 date of first selling bikes, uh, okay, all right. The first time you hit a rock with another rock was in 1903. You need something to rewrite that copy. Well, not only that, but just the whole idea of we're bringing a real Harley-Davidson encounter to an electric bike. What the fuck is that? I'm I'm sorry. Did you bring your Harley-Davidson encounter with you today? I'm producing this electric motorcycle. Did you bring the 17 grams of Harley-Davidson encounter that we need to put a badge, a shield on it? Essence of Harley-Davidson. Yes! What the fuck? Like... We weighted the stator on one side. So it lumps so it Right, exactly. <laughs> and a real Harley-Davidson encounter. I got bad news for you. The reason I bought a Harley-Davidson police bike of the era that it is, virtually brand new, 
with six-speed transmission, etc., isn't is because I don't want any of any of the Harley Davidson encounter. I'd like to have as little Harley Davidson encounter juice on me as possible <laughs> when I'm riding this motorcycle. I want to ride an American-made. Look, I want to ride an American-made motorcycle. I want to have a vintage-looking. I want to ride American-made motorcycles too. I yeah. just wish there were better American-made motorcycles. Right, and I do want to have the vintage experience. I bought that motorcycle. And I looked and hunted for that motorcycle because, to me, that looks like it could be a 1959 police motorcycle. I don't know why Harley has, has to build a Harley. Like, why can't Harley-Davidson build an Enduro? Why can't single, they build a I mean, 500cc street bike? Exactly. Why, I mean, oh, wait. The Street 500. Yeah, no, that but, doesn't exist. But they're not building it. Oh, well, again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you could so, say the same about Vic and uh, Polaris, too. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't because Harley why build, don't they come out as an Enduro? Why build a side-by-side? Why put... Why can't Harley Davidson build a four-cylinder race bike? I mean, excellent. Why can't they approach the market in the segments that already exist in the market instead of just riding one market into the ground? Right. Instead of just resting on the laurels of the Harley Davidson Encounter, which now, I mean, what did we call that for years? We called that Harley Davidson lifestyle, which they won't let them use that term anymore. So now they call it brotherhood. Why, why won't they use the lifestyle? It's because of a thing. They they're they're always trying to find. A way to say... The condom manufacturer already hold, holds that? Well, yeah. <laughs> what they're trying to say is, so you've got your Harley-Davidson belt, you got your Harley-Davidson hat, you got your Harley-Davidson t-shirt, you got your Harley-Davidson pants, and your Harley-Davidson boots, and your Harley-Davidson everything. Well, for years that was called lifestyle. So it was called lifestyle and accessories. And they thought that what had happened was that had diluted the brand down into being a clothing company, which it did. And so they instead decided to embrace the sons of, you know, entropy or entropy, and they got brotherhood. It was this thing. And if you looked in their catalog, it was brotherhood, 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 brotherhood. Well, one, it's rotten to anybody who's a woman who wants to ride the motorcycle. But more importantly, you're not in a brotherhood. You're not. Harley's Harley owner group is a marketing system. See, I think they're, they're from Harley... I mean, the Brotherhood yeah. of Harley, that doesn't exist. But I think for a true rider, yeah. there is a brotherhood of people who ride bikes. Because, I mean, right. who just truly enjoy riding a bike. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a Harley. It's it doesn't a have to be a interest, Honda. Dude. It doesn't have to be anything. If you get yeah. on a bike and you enjoy riding, look, man, that's not, the brotherhood. I'm not going to shit on those your Harley, people that like your that. PT Cruiser, your American Girl doll, whatever the fuck it is you're into, you're into. That's good. We live in a country that has the ability to do that. We have entire websites based on thousands and thousands of people who, like we say, like collecting decoy ducks. Because this is American. People don't shoot at us often enough, so we get to have weird hobbies. Right. Right? Um, we'd have a lot less weird hobbies if we made less than $7,000 a year. But instead, we have a lot of weird hobbies and garages to put that shit in. Curio cabinets that have wheels underneath them. We drive around for the admiration of fellow, fellow assholes who have too much disposable income and don't love their kids enough. Right? It's all a distraction, and it's a distraction we spend a lot of money on because we like being adults that have a very sexy toy box. And I am guilty of this as I drive my extraordinarily exotic weird vehicles down the road, you know. Uh, But we're taking it to a different level because we're not saying that our exotic vehicles have to be Lamborghinis or Ferraris or Britons or whatever. 
we're doing it on the cheap. Like, our whole goal is to be weird and cheap. Cheap and weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be weird, but you get bonus points if you were cheap at the same time. That's the best weird. Yeah. It is the best, the best weird, weird, isn't is it? the cheap weird. You know? And <laughs> we're sitting here around a table celebrating being cheap and weird. And I'm not talking about my $30,000 Harley Davidson. I'm talking about my $8,000 Harley Davidson. You know? If that was a $30,000 Harley Davidson, I wouldn't be saying so much. But the fact is, it's an $8,000 Harley Davidson. But it's way better. I mean, that bike there yeah. has eye appeal. It's super comfortable. It's and what it's, I got, want. it's got everything that you'd want in a bike. It's a, and it's a classic. It to looks me, like a classic. To me, it looks like what I want the bike to look like. But more importantly, regardless of any marketing thing, and that motorcycle that's sitting there, look it up on your thing. It's a FLHP, so it's a Road King police bike. To me, that motorcycle looks like you could park it on the set of Mayberry RFD and you wouldn't notice its age. It wouldn't stick out as being too new. Timeless. It is. And I am buying it because I am a victim of that Norman Rockwell. You've hit me in the face with it enough times. I go, I guess that's cool. Like To me, that's what that should look like. And I have a hard time, if you gave me a box of crayons and a piece of paper and said, draw me a police motorcycle, I wouldn't draw you an RTP. And I've owned two RTPs. But to me, that's not a police motorcycle, right? No, it to doesn't... me, that is a police motorcycle because I was raised here. You know? no, I, and I, t- I totally agree I with that. I applaud Indian because I saw the bikes they had at the yeah. show, and those were not Indians. Correct. Those were Indians, but those were not Indian. They were Indians by name. They alone. were not big swoopy fenders. Right. They were. There were those, and they're they not were, selling very well. They were beautiful bikes. They had trellis frames. They were like. Oh, you mean the flat trackers? India, oh, you know, so Indians sexy. fucked a Ducati, and this yeah. is what happened. Yeah. And oh yeah, but they were beautiful bikes. They're gorgeous they were bikes. Gorgeous. Bikes. They are beautiful. But they're moving. And ahead. maybe one yeah. day those will be timeless bikes. When I they, think you know, so, and I do think that to well, give them their at, credit, look at what they were, what the price was, what the motor was. Why doesn't, you know, Harley Davidson doesn't have something like that. Harley Davidson isn't trying to do anything no. out of the box I or, think, or new, you know I what I mean? I think Harley Davidson really hasn't done any market research in about 50 years. I think and they just spent a billion dollars on it, well, and we got three electric bikes. Well, here's the thing. Is I, I think that's, that's and it's good. And shit out of electric bikes. Yeah. Well, that's true also. Yeah. But I, I think it's good that they're trying weird things. They oh, should yeah. be throwing everything they have at the wall and seeing what sticks. And that's an excellent point, because... If it doesn't, if something doesn't stick, they're fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, who are they marketing for? I mean, they might as well put out a piece of software that you put on your Xbox yeah. and you drive your Harley through, like, yeah. something that, you know. But that's what I'm saying. It's like they don't have any clear-cut vision. It's like they don't... They, no. And I, but the thing is, Steve, I think they're in good company because I don't think anybody does. I've said this for years. Yeah. A lot of people learn on dirt. Like, mm-hmm. these manufacturers, they got to actually buy some ground. I yeah. mean, like, a riding range in sure. Ohio, mm-hmm. in all 50 states. Yeah. Your Honda, you're trying to sell all this equipment. Right. Where is anybody going to ride it? Yeah, it's true. So if you don't buy it, if you can't buy 100 acres somewhere yeah. in fucking Ohio where people can go to take your shit. John and I have been trying to buy this for about the past four years. And we got right. no money. They have okay. money. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. real money. I want to have Loretta Lynn's bastard child in Ohio. But I don't see why they don't have... Okay, so they take their bikes to some shows and mm-hmm. you can ride some of their bikes. 
So why don't they have like an exit pole or why don't they have a place like you get off your bike, you go into like a, they give you a beer, yeah. you sit down. <laughs> they give you a beer. No, I mean, yeah, you know, no, like what right. I'm just saying, like they give you, Look, like, you're right. so they make it, so it's not like they're polling you, yeah. right. but they ask you, so what do you think? Right. And then, and then maybe you have other manufacturers' motorcycles there right. just to have you compare, and then yeah. you could say, well, you know, I like this about your bike, I like this about that bike, and then that would be better market research. Well, Harley-Davidson than- did the brand ambassador thing where they got kids, they had kids submit, kids, college kids, submit a story about why they should be a brand ambassador for Harley-Davidson, and Harley-Davidson loaned them a motorcycle. And then they got loaned a motorcycle, and they had to ride that motorcycle around and blog and post and Insta Snap and you know and FaceTime and 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 all that shit, you know. And they had to they had to social media the fuck out of that thing, so that the winner of it all would keep their bikes, right? But, but there's one problem I see with that: yeah. in that it's not them trying to change for a new generation of riders; it's right. them trying to force their own product that yeah. already exists on. New people. Totally exactly. You. Yeah. you watch well, the newest video. The kid comes out. He kick flips his skateboard. Right. He kick flips his skateboard. He gets on in his like you know modern artisanal jeans and his brown boots and everything else. Jumps on a modern, sporty styled Harley street rod type bike, and does a smoky like whole shot burnout out of the parking lot. You know. So he has had his. I have a skateboard, so therefore I am youthful. Right, they did everything except you know you know hello fellow young person, what is going on today in your young person world? I too enjoy insert name of trendy item here, you know <laughs> except for the little mini Harley Davidson man bun helmet, right? Like that new video that new commercial. Right here, wait, wait, so the wait, man bun can stick out. Yeah, yeah is, it, is it a hole in a helmet <laughs> yeah, or is it a tiny helmet? It's a tiny helmet for your man bun. Okay, tiny helmet for your man bun. But yes, it is. When I watched that video, when I watched their new, and and for the record, don't think for a second that Harley Davidson, who's suffering its third year of losses in a row, has stopped spending money. Because every time I use my device, my computer, my laptop here, every time I use it and go to any of the things, I get advertisements for Harley coming at me strong fast. And those videos are all about... Look at how youthful we are. They need to come up with a new easy rider, but make it for like you know, like a new movie. Some new, yeah. like make something like the, bring the romanticism of motorcycling back somehow. That's an excellent. That's so it's a group of kids, yeah. and one of them has their dad's Harley, yeah. and maybe another one is like, "Oh, that's cool." So well, I'm gonna grab you know they're all gonna grab their dad's bike, and maybe they're not even Harley. Just make motorcycling reinvigorate. Oh, you mean make wild hogs, but for twenty something. <laughs> More like, I don't know. Yeah. More like, you remember some of the old videos you used to see where it was like, these three assholes are going to try to ride from North America down to South America yeah. on Kawasaki KE-175, yep. 1968 Kawasaki KE-175. Well, they started out on British bikes, and right. then they fucking blew up, and then they had to buy this. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Stuff. But, like, like, make a fucking saga. Make some, like, yeah. wow, that really looks fun. Like, yeah. I mean, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance I really believe that, that young people totally went nuts. very much appreciate <laughs> the whole travel yeah. aspect of their lives. So, travel and adventure is a big thing right now, especially if they can do it without actually potentially getting hurt. So showing them so, how to... Yeah. Showing motorcycles as being an option to travel long distances for yep. very little money. Yep. 
and sort of pseudo rough it, you know, like oh, you know, we went and go get cheap hotels. Maybe don't even camp out. What about mm-hmm. motorcycle we go out to California? You know, a story of a you know mm-hmm. something like that would work. It's I already think. there. There's already. I can tell you right now. I can give you the name but of sponsored. No, but I'm saying oh, motorcycle hostels by, sponsored by Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. So I was going to say I've been to a lot of motorcycle hostels. They're called hostels. Yeah. You just ride your motorcycle no, to them, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying, if right. Harley like embraced then, oh, yeah. that, right. embraced yeah. that kind of thing, right. that they would sponsor these things. So, oh yeah, they're going to be yeah. sponsoring. I mean, right now they're going to have a bunch of charging stations, or well, Volkswagen's going to have a bunch of charging <laughs> yeah, and stations. Harley Davidson's going to have. Thousands, maybe they you know, could work charging in marketing at the Harley Davidson dealership. You know, so they're going to pull you in to the Harley dealership on your Zero or onto your Energica or on your Lightning. You know, you're going to go in there to get a charge because, you know what, they'll, I can tell you, I've been selling motorcycles for a long time. Hey, dude, why do you ride a Harley? Because there's dealers everywhere, man. And if I need a part, I can get taken care of. If my ship breaks down, I can get taken care of. If I'm on the side of the road of Butte, Montana on a Sunday, I'm never more than 20 miles away from a Harley dealer. Okay, cool, man. That is the Walmart philosophy, if ever I heard it. Just put Harley dealers inside of Walmarts and eliminate the middleman. I'd no. rather say I'm on a America. gold wing Fuck and it. I could go from New York to Los Angeles to back to New York and I'm not going to break down. But that's <laughs> yeah. not the argument of a Harley owner. The Harley no. owners who come uh. in here that always ask me why my bikes are so quiet, they're telling me the reason they don't want to own an interesting, exotic, or fun, or sexy motorcycle and they're going to keep their Harley Davidson. And, you know, that's it. It is that weird mentality. I don't think... But were they made by were they made by the marketing department? I don't know. They, yeah, right. Did they grow up into that? These cats are all gonna die, man. And what I can tell you for fucking sure about me and my particular Harley Davidson, third Harley I've owned in my lifetime, by the way. Um, You've owned more than that. Well, I've owned three personally. Oh. The MT500 prototype. But I, that have come through the shop. Oh, many, many, many. Right, but this yeah. one, I, you know, this one I went out of the way to buy. This is personal. Okay. This didn't though, come in on so. a trade. Okay. But yeah, but I mean, I've had, you know, my I had a low a police edition lowrider from '78 AMF bike that I said I would never own another Harley Davidson after that motorcycle. You know, that was ages ago, and a '78 a, a lowrider police bike was. One of the worst constructed motorcycles I've ever owned in my life. But that's a different topic. That's an AMF. And they were terrible. And it was an awful motorcycle. But then I got my military prototype, which, God bless it, is not even a Harley-Davidson. It's a Armstrong, Rotex. Then there's this. And I don't own Harley-Davidson apparel. I do not have an Harley-Davidson t-shirt. There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> They'll make more. I've grown tired of talking about Harley-Davidson. Right. And as we, as we all should be. Uh, I would like to own one someday, though. That's one of the bikes I've never owned. I'd rather just ride Phil's. You can ride mine whenever you like. (laughs) Rock on, dude. Yeah, I'm digging it. Uh, So this is that's just right as far as I'm concerned right now. The uh, them moving into the electrics and going heavy into electric, I think, is a really smart move for them. Yeah, a little splash, please. Just just to wash the alcohol off my ice. Thank you. That's oh god damn. That was a full measure. The other night I left here on the podcast extraordinarily drunk, and I don't remember how we got there. Um, it was that sarsaparilla whiskey. That sarsaparilla and cinnamon. Oh, yeah, that stuff that, was, what was that? Uh, dangerously smooth. God, that stuff was terrible. I, I had to hang out for an extra hour or a half so I could <laughs> settle down uh, to make the commute home not a, a death race 3,000. 
the uh, what I was very what I thought is pretty interesting is in all of this fur furor over electrics, uh, Lightning, the folks from Lightning Electric Motorcycles, uh, who brought us a documented uh, what is that? What was that? The two hundred and thirteen mile an hour. I mean, come on, man. That uh, It's the LS218. Sorry, the Lightning LS218. That is a that is a super bike that you can purchase right now that uses electricity to go a documented 218 miles per hour. It's like the Mooney 231. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same concept as the Mooney 231. And, you know, how fast does it go? 231 miles an hour, goddammit. Knots in that case. I wanted one of those yeah. so badly when I was flying. The, uh, so they come out, and they just come out of the gate straight up, and they're like, look, this thing's 150-mile range, and it's going to have 150-mile-an-hour top speed, and they're going to do it for $15,000. I like numbers. I like numbers. Aren't numbers great? I think uh, that's... Numbers are great. That and might be unrealistic. It might be. And they've just they have promoted that. In fact, I think maybe their press release that they're just making sure everyone knows about is... You know, the 150 miles per hour has an asterisk after it. The 150-mile range has an asterisk after it. I'm sorry, but the $12,998 price tag does not have an asterisk <laughs> after it. They've said, we're going to give you for $12,998 something that in the right conditions can do 150 and in the right conditions could give you 150 miles. I was going to say, you get either one of the 150s, but not both. Oh, you'll never get both. <laughs> I assure <laughs> you'll get, you. You'll get one or the other. Yeah. yeah, you get one or the other. And I bet I'm gonna bet you, and I would hope that if they were smart, there would be like one of those big military lockout switches, mm-hmm. a big switch cover, safety cover, and there'd be that switch, and you'd have to operate that switch, and then you'd have to enter in your special passcode. And if you entered in your special passcode, and you basically put your thumbprint on the little disclaimer thing, that would say that it would allow the bike to go to 150 miles per hour. You have to spit into it. No, right. your DNA. To make sure it's you Scans on it. I'd rather have it like a big Frankenstein switch that clunks when <laughs> clunk, you like, clunk. A big gate switch. <laughs> a big gate switch. Yeah. 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 All 120 <laughs> volts. Just all. <laughs> and like half your hair, facial hair yeah. gets like. Because clean. I'm certain that at 150 miles an hour, it uses up that battery. Real fast. In fact, lightning might be the right name for it <laughs> because it might just be like, "Well, that was exciting, and now we're pushing it home." Uh, That's the lightning encounter. That is the lightning encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Forget you? about the Harley Davidson encounter. You just had the full-on lightning encounter. So I don't know if this was an urban legend. Yeah, but what do you call those those uh, things? They those booster rockets they put on the back of it's like called a, a Jado, Jet okay, Assisted Take. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I read this article about these guys in some Dodge Dart that put a Jado. It was supposedly an Impala. It was an Impala. And well, they, I heard it was a Dodge Dart. And the story was they uh, ended up eighty feet up on a wall, <laughs> I did, like on a the mountain, desert, like in the into the side of a mountain, yeah. <laughs> and all they saw was a sharpened stainless steel hook on the side of the door <laughs> where his hand used to be. No, that's a mix of yeah. two different urban legends. <laughs> no, but I was just saying that's what that bike would be like Mythbusters, at 150 miles Mythbusters an hour. Mythbusters did a hell of a job doing the Jado Rocket Mythbusters test. Did it work? They, it, it, it worked remarkably well, but at no point did they go airborne 80 feet in the air and run into the side of an escarpment. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Too they, bad. They, they weren't halfway up Table Mesa when they did it. Or, but or, it's yeah. such a good urban oh, yeah, legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Table Mesa Verde. Somebody just pulled in our parking lot. I wonder if it's somebody else coming in trying to get a job like last week. Now they're turning around. Well done, you. 
Somebody's like, I saw all these cars in front of the motorcycle shop. You guys you open? You might as well make that plug to any of our listeners in the Cleveland area. What? Would you like a job working at an interesting... Yeah, yeah. Dude, we posted... Did you guys see the post for our, my ad for mechanics? I saw it today. I didn't read it. You did see it details. today? Um, so yeah, I posted my ad for uh, you two can be a motorcycle mechanic. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, this is what our ad looks like. Just add water. Uh, it was uh, ripped from the pages, and we'll put this in our show notes. Um, yeah, this is uh, you two can learn train at home to be a motorcycle mechanic. Um, I posed for that ad uh, back in year of our Lord nineteen seventy nine. After my after my extensive tour with the village people, you like the way he's holding a wrench. Um, we're gonna put we're gonna put the link to this picture in the show notes. Uh, it's not a secret. Uh, by the way, I did put it on our corporate Facebook page today that we are looking <laughs> for a mechanic, and this was the ad I used. Um, but yeah, this this advert this this advertisement ran wild in the pages of every motorcycle magazine in the seventies and eighties. As a kid, I remember growing up checking it out. But I love the shot at the bottom with the uh, with the trashy broad behind him with the feathered hair, and he's got his. Uh, Fuck you, I'm not a cop sunglasses and his bandana on and his uh, sleeveless vest and his assless chaps he's and his flexing. wrench and he's flexing. You his... know that's not a metric wrench. Oh, no. That is not a metric adjustable. That is a purely SAE adjustable. <laughs> the uh, that, that adjustable wrench only fits on Harleys. But, yeah, that is uh, what, a, what an ad. And he even has a fake tattoo on his right bicep and a uh, studded, what do they call that? Uh a studded band a on his left band? bicep. Yeah. <laughs> the picture is great. What I do want to know, I'd like to research this. And the ad, by the way, in case you're wondering, is learn motorcycle repair, train at home to be a motorcycle mechanic. Google that shit. Is there it's any worth other it. Way? I want to know the guy who posed for the picture. I want to know where he is today. Like, where he is today. I'm going to say in the bottom of a bottle of whiskey, but. I'm going to say in jail. I'm going to say in somebody's trunk in Central America. The, uh, around Jeremy's basement. Yeah, so we posted that update. So we are looking for a mechanic, by the way, if anybody has skills and wants to ply their trade in sunny Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Emma Two already told us. I could quit. Emma, 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 can do it. Emma from Misfits. Emma already told me to go fuck my hat because apparently it's too cold here. They went up to the Portland Motorcycle Show and... She freezed her bits off, and so she said she's not interested in coming to Cleveland to do it, even though I offered her my basement and all the cats she could handle. <laughs> cats, cats are Cleveland's warm. Cleveland's not that bad. Cleveland's not that bad, goddammit. Our money goes further. We're not Detroit. We're still not Detroit. So, yeah, there's that. That's not terrible. We're at the Socialist Republic of California. So, okay, guys, <laughs> did you notice on the table? What's on the table here? The table sold. signs. And those sold signs, I mean, I've got to tell you guys, it's February. It's February 22nd. It'll be 20, February 23rd by the time you listen to this. But, yeah, so would you believe today at the shop we sold four motorcycles? That's not great. One, not two, not but three. Four. We sold four. four four motorcycles today. We have been a bit on fire, considering it's Cleveland in the wintertime. It's been a weird winter. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> so what's sold? Okay. No, well, you tell me. Well, you're going to tell me. <laughs> so... We're going to play a game called Pin the Sail on the Donkey. Yeah. So there are two... A Michael Fresh sold? No, hold on. Yeah. There are two sold signs, and you get to figure out, just like uh, The Price is Right or any of those games, let's make a deal, within 35 feet of where we're standing right now, 25 feet of where we're standing right now, what two bikes sold today? 
and you can look around. Now, if you'd like some, uh, if you'd like, I'll give you guys a read of the room while these guys are walking around, looking at the various items in our inventory. Around us is a uh, 2013 Motoguzzi V7 Cafe Racer. There's, of course, my Harley Davidson police bike. And that one did There's that, so. three 500cc, 500cc maxi uh, mega commuter bike, scooters. I'm going to give you guys that, and I'm going to tell you it's motorcycles. Okay. You know, and then there's a Honda CL100. There's that a Honda Superhawk. Today. KZ900, KZ1000, KLR650. Meckle Fresh, you're cold. You're way too far away, sir. You said those two already sold. Which trip? The, the KZ. You said that. You, last week you said they sold. Oh no, they did not sell. I said they were being looked at by a British collector. Oh, but they did not sell. They, but something they sold sell. today. Two bikes sold today. And I'm going to tell you, if it doesn't have the sold sign on the front of it, it did not sell. I'm giving you the sold signs to put on the okay, bikes. How about the Suzuki? Uh, no, I'm going back with my first pick. Bandit, too far away. That's too far away. What is the? No, it's got a sold sign on it already. Okay, if it has a sold sign, it's out of the running. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to you. All right, so Johnny McElfresh put the sold sign on the KZ1000. And there's two very similar bikes. Yes, and you put the sold sign on the KZ900. Let's hope to God one of them sold. Well, as luck would have it, the CL100 sold today. Uh, Ah, boo. But the same guy that bought the CL100 (laughs) took the KZ1000. Yay! There was much rejoicing. Uh, the KZ1000. You know, I was eyeballing that 100 while we were sitting here doing the podcast mm-hmm. and thinking that my buddy just bought an RV, and I'm like, i got to bring him up here because he was talking about an RV bike. Oh, that's a perfect one, isn't it? I'm like, that's a beautiful little popper. Oh, that is, yeah, that, that's well, That bike's the perfect Feel bike free to tell the owner I know a guy who, you know a guy who's got an extra motor for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in celebration, or to... I mean, if you guys went on Cleveland Moto's YouTube page, you saw my rant about KZ900 and KZ1000s and being a shopkeeper and having those bikes around. More importantly, I saw your last ad that was very Spartan and saying, don't even call me unless you want to buy this. So the British guy's out then? He's out. Well, I mean, he's out on that one because I fucking sold it. Well, he's been, well, he's over there. Checking himself out, chuffing himself off. And when he's so over there, speak. when he should be brushing his teeth, somebody else got on a stick. <laughs> yeah, when he's over there worried about Brexit, somebody else showed up and bought the motorcycle. So anyway, it's okay to make racial comments against the British. They're white. <laughs> they are white. Boy, are they white. Uh, okay, so to celebrate, to celebrate the sale of the KZ1000, I'm going to read you one of the 200 messages, emails, texts, etc. that I've gotten from the numerous times I've posted this bike on Craigslist. To give you an idea, the high caliber motherfucker that comes out and attempts to purchase uh-huh. these motorcycles. Are you ready? This is according to this is from a Craigslist poster whose handle is BTHBTH. I don't know what that means, but maybe one of our podcast listeners will enlighten us. Not BTK. No, no. BTH. BTH. <laughs> Anywho. Hopefully this message is going to owner of Cleveland Moto. You and your, wrong your, business are joke. Our joke? That other 900 you had was a 7.6. You're saying early number 75. 
Same with this bike, junk. You are a ignorant, stupid fuck. Do motorcyclist a favor, close the shop, fag. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. Anybody who wants can respond to me at phil at clevelandmoto.com and I will personally artisanally slice this <laughs> email. I will cut, copy, and paste it to your email for you so you can understand what one of 200 abusive emails that I've gotten about this motorcycle every single time I've posted it on Craigslist. Was that old English? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I think that's, a, uh, that's, a, that's, an, that's an ancient language of, from Methopotamia. Methopotamia. Yeah. Or it's a language they speak in idiocracy. <laughs> it is. Um, and I'm not making that up. Anybody who wants to can read this thing. I'll be happy to forward it anywhere they would like me to. But yes, do motorcyclists a favor and close the shop fag. And that's me fixing his last sentence at least twice. I'll be honest, I kind of agree with him. But I, I yeah. Do motorcyclists a favor and close the shop Why don't you fag. make that t-shirt? Again. You should make that t-shirt. Again. And this is a guy, by the way, that blew up on me on Yelp and gave me an explosively bad Yelp review. Again, having never purchased anything from my store, mm -hmm. complaining that the KZ900 that I have over here, okay, wasn't a 75, okay? Wasn't a 75K KZ900. Well, just so we know, I took a picture of the VIN plate and posted it where it says right on the VIN plate, 9 of 75. And I said it was manufactured in 75. Well, last I checked, 9 being September, it was in 75. If it was 11 or 12, then maybe it would be a 76. No, no, even so, I have no but problem still, with that. Yeah, it is. Look, look, being 6 of 75 could make it a 76 in the world of Hondas and Japanese oh, motorcycles. Yeah. No problem. Being saying one of seventy five could make it a seventy seven based on some states titled them when they sold. Right. Sure, but it doesn't make the year of manufacture seventy six or seventy seven. And I put MFD nine of seventy five. Now, unless I was talking about the Mayberry Fire Department, right? In nine of seventy five, this bike was manufactured in seventy five. Well, what do you think is cluing him to say it's a seventy six? I mean maybe it no, has some it is a seventy six. Yeah, okay. But the point is in the ad I put a picture of the okay. VIN tag saying manufactured nine of seventy five. So you fixated on I mean, you fixated on that's the not a mint condition original bike and you're not selling it as such. Exactly. So, I mean, for somebody to come off, I mean like maybe it has you know I know with CB seven fifties, you know, some like later models had dual piston calibers and that would tell you something. This yeah. But no, no, nobody had a problem putting right. dual piston, dual disc brakes on an older model, and so you know you could come yeah. back and you know like. And this is one of about eleven guys that every time I post either of these bikes up on Craigslist, they got to make their shitty. Makes comment. it a point to make a shitty comment, including do motorcyclists a favor and close the shop. You see Camaro for KZs, clearly. And now the interesting thing is. The, how he started this whole thing. You this need particular put, you need to reopen up a Craigslist ad yeah. with it mm. already sold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. with a yeah, like fuck well, you. This particular <laughs> this particular window liquor 
This guy, he, right off the tick, and the same cat, because I recognize his unique style of wordsmanship. I mean, this guy truly is an artisan of the English language. I mean, this guy is truly, he's Picasso. When it I comes he was to your letter tip, placement. But he wouldn't swallow, so you shot it on the window and let nature take its course. Well, yeah. yeah. He's an artist of the English language. Picasso, putting letters over here and letters over there, whatever. He's the real Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is, to, he is to the English language what Twitter is to the modern novella. Now, he's got this thing. So initially when I put it up, he made me an offer of 2500 for the bike. So how this all started was he made me an offer of twenty five hundred for that KZ one thousand. It was 1, so horrible that he had to offer you money. Exactly. So when he made me an offer of twenty five hundred for the KZ one thousand, I told him to go fuck his hat. And again, when I told I'll him, to bet, go, uh, but I'll yeah. bet you did. Go ahead. I'll bet. No, you, you know I didn't. What, did I, what you do you think did. I said? No, you well, under negotiate. I think, I think I'm happy at four grand. I mean, I, exactly. it's really worth it. You know, you you explain why you think. You know, please. I think you made a counter offer because whatever I know it is. Well, and usually my rule is this. My price is my price is my price. My price is my price until you can tell me my price is wrong. And that's the way I look at life now. The reason I don't negotiate is because I value my experience in the industry, and I determine that the vehicle, the value of that vehicle is $4,000. And the interesting thing is, I guess I'm right, because the guy that I sold it to has like 60 of them. Okay? And he is... And he sees the value in it. Well, he's clearly an expert in KZ 1000s. Do you know what he paid me for it? $4,000. Do you know what I know right now? It's worth $4,000. No, it's worth more than 4000 Or he wouldn't have paid it. Or he wouldn't have paid it. True. And that's what I can tell you. The fact that he's a Kawasaki KZ 1000 expert and he spent $4,000 tells me I wasn't asking enough. He knows something I don't know, otherwise he wouldn't have bought it. And you can believe me that when he owns that motorcycle and he decides to sell it, it won't be $4,000. He'll change the gas tanks, he'll change the pipes, and he'll charge $9,000. I, like I do like that bike, though. I like the bike, too. Clearly, I liked it enough to buy it. John liked it enough to buy yeah. it. You know, Chrome bought it. I bought it off of Chrome. We finally got our $4,000. But what I did was, in the meantime, I learned something. We learned about being a good buyer. We learned about... Sometimes it's wrong to have certain bikes in the window of your shop. Mm -hmm. But there's also, like with that bike, there's certain respect between a buyer and a seller. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have that respect, then you shouldn't even buy. Well, and clearly, run-of-the-mill jagoffs that walk down the street and see a Hayabusa in the window, I mean a KZ-1000 in the window, have a certain response, right? And they're going to have that reaction. And we've gotten to learn about that. So we've got to have... You know, again, watch the YouTube video that I wrote, put up. You know, Cleveland Moto, KZ1000, whatever. Watch our YouTube video. We're not really, I mean, we're not blowing it out of proportion. That's what it's been like here for the past couple of years that we've had these bikes around. Um, every time we take them to a motorcycle show, we get the same, my daddy, my brother, my uncle. But it's the same person yeah. year after oh, year, year after always. year. I mean, it's all the same people. Right. They say the same thing. Of course. Year after year. And if I'm asking too much for mine, I'm sorry, go get yours, and let me see what you're asking for yours. Show me what a dick I am. Show me yours that's better, and you're asking the same for it. Oh, you don't have one? Oh, so now you're just hating me, because you don't have $4,000 to rub together. Yeah, fuck you, man. You know, hate's cheap. 
So it's going to cost you like you like that. $4,000 is nothing. nothing. Well, and the guy that bought this was the same thing. He came in, he looked at it, he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, oh, this, this yeah, 4000 is fair. And again, he bought the CL100, and he might, tomorrow he's going to let me know whether or not he's buying the KZ900 as well. Nice. So he's but, clearly an expert, and he talked to me. He's the president of uh, Akron Canton Motorcycle Club that's been around since 1918. Mm. So he was the, I'm sorry, not him personally, but the club he represents has been a club since the AMA started keeping track of things. They were club number 11. Their AMA roster number was 11. Wow. So that's an old club. I mean, he clearly is an expert. So God love him. And he know? probably has some good resources and stuff like that. You should see some of the pictures he showed me of bikes he owns, and it's a little bit disturbing. So He could take that body work, sell it on eBay, yeah. have it yeah. freshly painted, yeah. make it stock looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, there's no doubt in my mind he could make it into anything he wants because I've seen his work. I've seen the restorations he's done. So more power to him. And like he right. said, well, he tried to get me to trade about 16 different bikes, including, you're going to love this one, a Honda. CB1000. Big one. Oh, he had one of those. No, he currently has one. And he wanted to trade for one of those. He wanted he wanted to find out how much I'd give him towards this. So the big one was what, 1996? Something 95, like that? 95, 96, yes. Mm-hmm. A motorcycle you got to look up. Was it a CBR or was it a CB1? CB1000. Right, CB1000F. Yes. Yeah, big one. Yes. And a Is motorcycle... Is that the dual range? No, no, no. This no. is not. This is not a custom. So the CB750 and the well CB750. Right. Well, after that. Okay, the CB750. Basically, it is a CBR1000 Hurricane. Yep. With no bodywork. Exactly. Oh, right. really? Yeah. It is. That's exactly what it is. It's like the Suzuki B King. It's this whole idea of excessive excessiveness, and it's a monster of a motorcycle. In fact, in order to make it look correct. They had to put 18-inch wheels on it because with well, seven already, with 17-inch like, wheels on it, it wheels, looked weird. Yeah. yeah. So I came across one of these things, and I, I just never did shit with it. I took it apart and had really fun ideas. I had this like weird fantasy that I was going to make it into instead of a CB1000, I was going to make it into like a GB1000. I was going to go retro with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I never did shit with it, and my life got busy, so I gave it to John. As an aside, yeah, I was in training for wastewater <laughs> this week. Okay, on Thursday, and this guy was selling these like tanks for grease, and it was called a GB five hundred. A GB five hundred yeah. grease tank? Yeah, and it was like it was for collecting grease from like restaurants and stuff. So I'm sitting through this thing the whole time. You just time, keep hearing GB five hundred, GB five hundred, GB five hundred, GB five. And I'm thinking that grease tank. Should not share a name with such a nice bike. Or it should say <laughs> Tourist Trophy yeah. on the side of it. <laughs> a really nice shape grease tank. No, the guy was so proud of it, too. And I was like, a GB500. Yeah. I'd be like, I got a great idea for you. Call it the Tourist Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great. The Tourist. The Tourist. The Tourist <laughs> Trophy. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so it was. I mean, I was laughing the whole time, and the two guys that were next to me were like, "You're an idiot." Yeah, that that's the like, big one. You don't get it. So, so you know, there's been these motorcycles, the B King, the big one, Doctor Big, like a big, 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 yeah. big, and big, right? But the CB one, when I got that CB one thousand, uh, 
you know, Ryan and I got it running. It's just, you know, it's just. Ryan and I worked on it. You we, guys shut it work. Yeah, it, yeah. And honestly, it's sad that it's sitting there that right. I haven't done anything with yeah. it because it pretty much the way I remember it yeah. was he and I got it running yeah. on a bottle. Oh, yeah. On the stand. We put the tank up. We, and we were going to put a CB at the time. Right. And Ryan and I were kind of like... I had a GL1000. Why is he making us do this? We have a right. bike. Right. Oh, no, there was a bike. Tank. We could just make this thing run. It showed up as a motorcycle. But then it was like, well, we want to put a CB750 tank. And right. It's like, we wanted to retro mod it yeah. out, which I could see where you were going yeah. with that, but yeah. just the geometry of it and everything wasn't really the working sleeper out. sleeper mentality. Well, I bought a GL... I bought a GL1000 replica seat. So I thought we take the GL one thousand replica seat. We have tons of takeoff rear fenders and shit yeah, from yeah. CB seven fifties and everything else. Yeah. So I figured we put a CB seven fifty rear fender on it. We put the grab rail on it. We put a GL one thousand seat on it. Put a CB seven fifty tank flat. on it. Right? Yeah, the original nineteen seventy five GL one thousand seat on it. Put a CB seven fifty tank on it. And what we would build was. About to be announced as the 2013 CB 1100F. So it turns out we had a great idea, but Honda beat us. We had the idea, we had the bike, they put it together before we did, and I was able to obtain one before finishing the project. So the project didn't get finished. Well, the project withered out whenever you go to set a CB 750 tank on it and it goes... Clink. And you're like, nope, nope, that ain't gonna work. have to get the hole inside yep. carved out. It's yep. not going to sit down on this. Exactly. Right. And then you go to put the seat on, and it goes clink, yep. and it's like, nope, nope that, that ain't gonna work have either. To cut the hole back yep. off and cut the this and that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the amount of fitment that to do it was just like yeah. everything we would have needed to do to build what essentially what we were trying to build was a 1975 CB 1000 liquid cooled motorcycle, which we thought would have been hilarious to build the bike Honda never built. Well, it would have been right. like the, like what they're doing with the CB1100. Yeah. Exactly. Like they're doing those retro mod ones, mm-hmm. which are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and so we had this ones. idea, but like, again, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And then life comes at you, and then you get more right. important things. And, then and now the bike's sitting in John's garage. Right. So this cat brings up, and he goes, if you want to trade, I've got a running perfect bone stock CB1000, red, with only 17 dents in the tank. Like, I mean, it's it's mediocre. The condition of the bike is marginal yeah. at best, but he said it runs great and it does everything fine. And I'm like, well, what do you think that's worth towards this KZ? Like, what do you think trading value that is? And he or... was like, yeah, 1500 and then or later on he eventually was like 12 So, and now we're sitting here going, well, for $1,200, I might have to buy... <laughs> I know, right? It makes you think, and then you're well. That one's cars. running. That one's turnkey. I know, and this is what catches us always. We're like, oh, the bike's running, and it's turnkey. Well, how bad could it be? And the answer is pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Ask anyone who's rebuilt those four carbs. Ask anyone who's ever done yeah. valve adjustment on yep. those particular sixteen valves. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I can tell you, I rode the bike, and I liked the riding position. I. It is a big fucker. We'll see. Maybe we can see them in the light of day this summer. Hey, who knows? Right? Who knows? But, you know, if nothing else, if it sees the light of day or if it just goes to mid-Ohio and gets offed 
And what this guy was saying, which is perfectly it's not going right, to the middle aisle just to get off. Well, the cat was not, like not running, not without uh, running. His guy was, run. he was hilarious because he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, I just had to put it past you. I said, you know who's going to buy that bike, right? And he goes, what? I said, a, a, a fetishist, like somebody who's into weird shit. Yeah, because it is yet another one of the Honda two-year bikes. You know, Honda has an idea. They produce it for two years. They realize they made a huge mistake, and they never do that again. Except for the rest of the world. Except for the rest <laughs> of the planet. That's exactly right. And, yeah, and it's... No, it's but fun. then it sells for 20 years in Europe, because they love it. Of course! Absolutely! Yeah, I, I think right. that bike, you know, like a lot of those fetish bikes, they actually took right. off in other They're places. They're still right? selling GV500s in Japan. Right. Right, you know. Yeah, so but it's like that, uh... Or GV400. That NC700... Sure. T. Yeah, NTV, yeah. Yeah. That one was a bit... I mean, the Duoville was... Yeah, the Dolville. ...huge in... Of course. ...in Europe. Yeah. But it doesn't catch on in, in, in the United States. Uh, you, because as we talked about earlier, the United States market is insane. But, I mean, I love that bike. Yeah. But I hate the cheapness of the plastic. Yeah. I, that's... I don't, I don't know what I'm it is. I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, it's, isn't it cheap? It's, it's so... Everything. The metal is good. Yeah. Like, you touch the metal, it's like... The metal's oh, great. it's nice. You're like, oh, you the touch plastic's the plastic, not great. It's like, yeah. it's so the horrible. The plastic is not great. The, uh, I really don't... I'm glad I don't have to try to market anything, because the rule is, I'm 49 years old. If I like it, if you, mar- if you make something and I like it, you better fire that guy. Because I am the distinct minority, you know. When well, it know. comes to I mean, shit, look what I, I like. I right, mean, I got a garage full of misfit misfit toys. You know, everything I, we like yeah. is fucking weird and stupid and dumb and wrong. I don't think so. Well, uh, and that's why we're doing this stupid well, radio just, show. Nobody listens to. And I just bought something that's stupid, dumb, and wrong this week. What'd you buy? The, oh, a ninety-eight Ural. You got huh. the Ural. Yeah, that you got the Ural. Dumb and wrong. I'm sorry. No, no. no, no. <laughs> Not only was it a Ural, but it was a Ural with a motor swap. Yeah. And do you know what motor they put in it? The BMW motor. You know? Th- no, they didn't put a BMW. No. In it. That's no, what I'm, he's like no. they put the 750. I'm like, where'd they get that from? Oh, right. they did. R75 motor? No, no, no. no. A, Goldwing motor? No. GL1000? No, no. Volkswagen motor? No. 1300? No. But that is actually possible, I think. I know it is. I've seen pictures. Everything's possible. No, but, no, no. They make an adapter kit yeah. to, to make... No, I've seen it. To an adapter kit? An adapter kit. An adapter kit. Made it all fit with an adapter kit. Uh, but no, yours has a 750cc motor from the prestigious company called... Ural. Oh, Ural. Yeah. <laughs> so I see you upgraded your Ural with your Ural. But, yeah. Wait. <laughs> It's got a forged crank. It's got right. the no. It's got it's yeah. it's much better than a six fifty. The press much oh, much, much oh it is better. well yeah, I mean, no it is it is it's yeah. an upgrade from what I have yes it is and so this yeah. bike might be enough to take up to New York how many and right. ride with my wife how many minutes whatever. on the highway before it eats a valve no if you're doing fifty you're all right <laughs> <laughs> thank you folks I want to remind you that that was said by a you're all owner yeah right. The only Ural owner I've ever met so far that is willing to admit the limitations of no, they, the Ural. They're motorcycle. very limited, yeah. but they're like they're niche bikes. Exactly. I mean, actually, look, I love them to death as long as you use them the way they're meant to be used. Right. You Paint can't camouflage, cruise around fast. Lakewood yeah. with your German Shepherd in the side. That's right. Put the knobbiest fucking tires you can put on it. Name your dog Klaus. Right. Put there an MG forty three in the mount or MG thirty four in the mount. There you go. Yeah. But. Yeah. So this brings me to what I wanted to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through this. I bring this bike back to the shop. Yeah. 
and I'm working on it, and I and it's of course the whole crankcase and the cylinders are filled with gas because the ketone carbs are wet. You know, yeah. So I <laughs> wet I, some carbs. Yeah, wet some. <laughs> wet so some I cleaned carbs. that all out, changed yeah. oil, rebuilt the carbs. Right. You know, did all because that it, stuff. Do they even have overflows on the carbs themselves? No, no, they did not no. have. So overflows. They are therefore wet yeah. some carbs. Yeah. Wet some carbs, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> Why do they not the have overflows on those yeah. damn carbs? Well, they they on do any overflow. Carb. They do overflow. Into the cylinder. Into the motor. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that all sorted out, and I have no spark. So I'm thinking, what kind of ignition system does this pile of shit have? Well, right. it turns out. So it could be a it could be a Type 4, a Type 5, or Ducati. Because right. the later, the later the last have Ducati. The last have Ducati ignitions, yeah. So I pull the front cover off, and lo and behold, it's got a power arc. A power arc optical ignition system, which is unbelievably cool. Which is legitimate high tech shit. Right. So I, mean, I you know I open this up shit. and I'm thinking because you know optical ignition systems have really only existed for about thirty six years, give or take. Yeah. I mean, it's not really high tech. But so if you're was, all, that's brand new. So it's I was fresh. telling him because we had yeah. some experience with the, the with the Royal Enfields. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know at least one or two customers paid, yeah. and we installed up the... So yeah. basically, would you like to tell them how it works, or should I tell them? No, tell them. Yeah. So the We're way an optical Because I'm way too is, drunk to tell them how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so long and short of it is you take your points plate out, because yeah. you know the bike was originally points connected. Take the, the advanced mechanism, too. Yeah. Take the advanced mechanism. Yeah. You're not going to need that. Don't throw it away, because you'll probably want to come back to it. No, no, do not throw that away. Because yeah. whenever this ignition burns up, you'll want to <laughs> put all that back, back in there. Yeah. Yeah. But the way it works is basically you have a laser, and it shoots at a disc, mm-hmm. and that disc has a really tiny little slice in it. And when that little tiny Plus slice... serrated edge around the outside... Yes. Oh, okay. Exactly. And so what they do is they they coordinate the outside, the the laser on the outside slot with the inside slot, so it's more accurate. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's right. So you got dual targeting lasers. Mm-hmm. Right. And the guy, I, I must say that this this company's based in Iowa. Yep. And Gary is the guy I was talking to, and he is awesome. <laughs> and no, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's. I mean, he's he's helped me out quite right. a bit. And I think this is a good. I mean, they make they make ignitions for CB 750s. Yes, they do. Yeah, they make them for right. for a CB. My three fifty. I ordered one for my three fifty yeah. so that I could get my three fifty. We've had running. the customers bring those in on uh, CB. We had a customer bring one in a CB seven fifty. We had a customer bring one in a CB three fifty, and they did work. I mean, they mm-hmm. were functional ignition systems. But the coolest thing now yeah. is that they were telling me that they have the the latest design uses only thirty milliamps. To the pickup, and the coil contains all the high, uh, the the switching. Uh, the it's built into the coil. It's everything's built into the coil because there has to be some logic to convert a flicker of light of into course. a spark. Right. So it has to be like light, light. It has to be no light, no light. And when it goes through there, then it says, "Oh, now and it, it tells the, it the coil to, to fire." But now all the logic is built into the coil. So you don't have a separate box. You don't no, have but, a pickup. No, but the thing is that they call it smart, smart points. So you don't even need to put their optical pickup on. No, you don't. You can use a set of points. Right. Low voltage, uh, 30 milliamps going so through the points. they won't ever burn out. Yeah. Right. They'll never burn out. Mm-hmm. You can keep the, the same advanced mechanism and use their coil mm-hmm. 
to run your whole bike. And I was thinking, that's the perfect thing for GL500s. It really is. I mean, that's... Because all those yeah. igniters are going bad. They're all yeah. going bad. And every yeah. 80s igniter is yeah. in the trash can right now. Well, there was, yeah. a, there was a guy... Well, you should mention that. I just bought Strangely a, enough... I just bought a <laughs> set of bad ones because I'm going to cut the pigtails off. Right. And again, that's the manufacturer of that is... Uh, is Do you know how I'm going to try to replace the... I'm actually now going to try to make the shadow run. Okay. Just because I'm not really getting anybody showing up with a pickup truck in cash... And what I kind of would like to try to do is I'm going to hack out those two igniters, uh-huh. and for eight dollars each, for probably twenty less than twenty dollars, I can buy DC scooter CDIs. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. So yep. I'm going to power them with twelve volts, and I'm going to try to use the original pickup to fire that little CDI. Mm-hmm. Okay, you should check out these this guy's coils because. They have uh, multiple sets of. Are they more have... than twenty dollars? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they are. <laughs> Is that Power Arc? Power Arc. Yeah, Power Arc. So, so yeah. I, I'd like to get. Yeah. I mean, the guy was super cool with me, and we're working on. Uh, he's working. Do you know I, what else he does? That so you're gonna like this. What else he's big into is Pinsgowers. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's big into Pinsgowers. That's so, the tracked motorcycle. No, it's uh, it's the Stayer Daimler Pook Unimog. Okay, so nice. it's, a, it's a baby I, mog. I saw that. Yeah. Baby mog. It's a baby mog. <laughs> so and not a Arnold mutt. Schwarzenegger like had a, a six by six one. Bigger yeah. than a bigger than a mutt. Bigger than a mutt, smaller than a mog. Uh. Yeah, a Pinsgauer is this. I think we had there was one at AMA Vintage Days years ago that Gap brought around. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a military vehicle used by the you know Swiss type. You know, the Yeah, it's Steyr Daimler Puka, I think, was responsible for it. But it's a Pinsgauer, P I N Z G A U R, uh, the Pinsgauer. But Power Arc, um, I was at some military vehicle thing ages ago because I do that. And this guy came up and he was like, Oh, yeah, I do electronic ignition systems for all the points, vehicles. And, you know, a lot of military vehicles, even though the vehicles were built in this, the 80s and early 90s, they still had old ignition systems on because they were, you know, functional. You could clean them and put them back in, and it worked. And they can survive an figure. ESD. And they can you know survive chopping, You know what I'm chopping at the bit I know. Say, and they like, survive. EMP. All you got to do yeah. is go, yeah. just, just, just clean it, tune it up. Well, and, and EMP can't hurt it. It's completely ruggedized. I have no problem with points. But yeah. you have to take the take you have to take the amperage off. off. off yeah, you have to no. take the load off the points, and the points yeah. last forever. When I when I had my CB750, no. there was a guy. You have to use a condenser and leave the load. No, the points. no, no. The you remove the condenser. No, here we go. <laughs> no, this guy says the no. new coil. Here I don't care what the guy says. What you can do is you can use the points strictly as a switch, and you use right. a, a tr- no, another yeah. box with with transistors and no, other no, fancy no, things. No, in. No, yeah, but no, that's no. what the, this yeah. coil's got yeah. all that built no, into yeah. it. No, no, yeah, no. yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just gonna let you know that Power Arc is one of those things that you you could look into. Um, he does them for we we saw him for the Royal Enfield. We I know he does them for the Unimogs. Um, he does them for Gootsies and Nortons. I mean, he truly does kind of cater to the weirdos, right? I'm, Are Fiat and, 850s on the list? Or what's that? Fiat 850 on the list? Oh, I didn't think to ask about a Fiat <laughs> 850, but I don't understand why not. Uh, yeah, but that is one of those things that he's uh, he kind of has focused on that kind of thing. And that's all just, I mean, look, an optical switch is nothing new, mm-hmm. right? An optical switch, uh, 
we joked. Remember in 2002, we got those Bajaj scooters, the four strokes? They had a little thing on the side that said Tricks, T R I C S. And uh, Tricks, I, I looked at it and I was like, Tricks is for kids, man. I don't know. Tricks is <laughs> right. For rabbits. And, uh, for kids. and what Tricks stood for was Throttle Regulated Ignition Control System. Now, hold on. Throttle Regulated Ignition Control System. What the fuck is that? A throttle positioning sensor. Well, what it was is a optical reader, a.k.a. and light, right? And a plastic disc. And when the throttle was at anything below a half throttle, there was no, light. no <laughs> disc. And then when you would get to half throttle, there was a disc. So there was something for the light... To reflect against. And so when you would get to the point where there was something for the light to send a... I mean, and we're talking about millivolts. I mean, millivolts. The difference between an illumination, especially like a little IR, you know, mm-hmm. uh, knurp is the term. It's a, a, a infrared projector. You have this little tiny thing, and we're talking micro-micro-voltage here. And all of a sudden it goes, oh, wait, that, that data, that, that signal's gone... All Advance the spark eight degrees. Margaret. All you have to do is take your garage door opener <laughs> yeah. kit, yeah. pull the eyes off of pull it. Pull the eyes off of put it. Put two of That's them together all it is. Yeah. Yeah. and run a disc in between yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And then you hook up the spark to the little LED that goes on and off every time it... Do you know what we did? Is we would put... Up, we would either unplug the thing to make it full advance all the time. Sure. Right? So that you had this... The trick system was working... It was advancing it all the time. And then you just crank the idle up a tiny bit to compensate for the lack of retard. Because in in Italy, or I'm sorry, in India, it was important for the bikes to have torque at super low RPMs because the Indian riders, to save money on gas, would shift the bikes at about 902 RPM. So they would they would go from a sec a six hundred idle, like a hit and miss engine. They would go 600 to 920, and they would shift to the next gear at 920. And they'd shift again at 920, and they'd shift again at 920. They'd be in fourth gear by nine miles an hour, but they'd get 140 miles per gallon wow. running it on the kerosene that came out of the pumps in India. So, and I'm being unnecessarily harsh considering we drink ethanol out of our pumps here yeah. and paint thinner. But that was the whole, the, the Indian riding style astonished me. It was like, it was the, the king of short shifting. With three people and the worldly goods on a 150cc four-stroke. What I, what I like about this yeah. ignition unit, though, is that it's programmable. Absolutely. And and they provide you the program. Yep. They don't like they charge you for it. You yeah. can plug in a SATA cable to the yep. to your optical unit, and there's four. Uh, there's four roads. There's, there's four, four maps. Yeah, four maps. Yeah. And you could set it to whatever you'd like. Yep. And also, like, I mean, let's face it. The Ural has no power. Right. That's and true. And if you have a loaded sidecar, yep. they, you, could, you could set these these curves based right. on, like, if you have a loaded sidecar, so if you don't have a loaded sidecar. Have power? Huh? The, yeah. No, retard the time. No, but it'll have a different timing package. Yeah. No, so if right. you put a vacuum switch on it, I mean, what I say is if you put a vacuum switch on it, if you're giving it a ton of... If you're giving it the, 
Hey, listen, you're dealing with a, you're dealing with 1940s technology yeah. here. Yeah, so use 1940s technology. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Yeah, but but it's not reliable. I mean, the, the What's Russian reliable coils... is when your points open a top dead center when you're kicking a bitch over, <laughs> and when any time it goes over 2,000, the weights spin out and it goes two degrees of no. But but that's fine. And and the the points and the advance are fine, but the Russian <laughs> coils are crap. Okay, well, yeah, so replace course. the coils. No, this does. So this kit replaces the coil but with a far a, more robust coil. Uh, what he's doing isn't evil. It is it is using technology to computerize <laughs> a club. Yeah, exactly. So now we're really going to piss you off because we were looking talking about ecotrons. <laughs> I'm with you on Eco. Oh, fuck you, oh, goddammit. That's way more high-tech than his shit. <laughs> Ecotrons is way more high-tech than what he's talking about. But there's an ultimate much I'm not better saying purpose. it's high-tech. I'm not saying that this thing is high-tech, but at least it's reliable compared to the Ural initiative. And I am in favor. I'm on your side of the house where I will say that it is always better to have a... Reliability. A, a binary on or off than it is to have a variable... How many sets of points have gone bad in your life? Many. All of them. You're lying. I <laughs> no, I'm not. You're totally lying. No, okay. Do, do I have to draw okay. a picture Here's of what I'm a tell point you. with a big like nipple in the center of it? Right. And, and <laughs> so it is you run true. the points file through and clean it up and run it. I mean, but then, yeah, really but you don't have to do that when you put this on there. <laughs> oh, my God. How many times have I had to run a points file through the 300,000-mile motor in my Toyota Tundra? <laughs> N-E-Ver. And, like... That's the thing is, I don't have a if, problem with right, points. I, I really do not have a problem with I'll points. I'll make this offer but to you anybody sitting no, at this seriously. table at this moment. If your points go bad, right. I'll come and clean them for you. <laughs> no matter where you are. I don't now, care. wait a second. Cleaning you were the with points. me. I think you were with us. I was with you. When the points just went away on the CD500. <laughs> Somebody didn't tighten them down. No, I don't have a problem with No, 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 no. Somebody lube. did you, tighten you, them down. You have to lube the, the little thing. You okay. know what? <laughs> Chevy had the best set of points. One drop of oil and a slight cleaning every five to 10,000 oh miles. But we do know that Screw's natural tendencies is to back out. Oh, for fuck's sake. There's no good time to do that. No, but okay. So on BMW, they make a point plate. Then you're going to replace the BMW points. It's a, like the I flimsy know what little. They make for all this stuff. I've experienced I know. He's been through all of it. No, but what I'm saying yeah, is that you can put Chevy points on it. And Chevy he points doesn't want, He doesn't want to hear about your LS swap into his Model A. He doesn't want to hear about exactly that shit. That's what you're talking He wants his Model I've, A to be a Model I've, A. I've been there. I've done it. I've watched people do it. You know what? No, you're right. I want to give you a hug because I love you. <laughs> oh I love points. John Michael is a stalwart points supporter. That's the point. That was a Cleveland Moto hug right there. Yeah. That just happened. I love Johnny Michael Fresh. I know. It's very easy to do, especially with bourbon. The uh, <laughs> Cupid's lubricant. <laughs> Cupid's Take little helper. That shit. <laughs> That's it. Take a swig of that. That's very good. So, uh, on a separate note, anyway, on the, on I the, want the, on the young side this. of the table over here, I will say that of all of the the points motorcycles I've had and all of the electronic ignition yeah. motorcycles I've had, I have constantly had to fight with the points. Mo- that, well, mm-hmm. then again, the points motorcycles have all been Hondas. 
Ah. And the electronic ignition motorcycles have all been Suzuki's. Uh-huh. And Vespa's. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. see, well, see what I... Oh, that's hilarious. Your electronic ignition motorcycles have all been Suzuki's. But use a timing yes. light. When you're setting time, okay, so yeah. I don't give a shit. You put right. a you put a, a feeler gauge in yep. those yeah. points, yep. and it's never right. 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 It's never right. You have yeah. to do it by kind of feel, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to kind setting of... Setting timing... Is an art. Is it's a, it's one an of those art. things that... You do it right, you do it right, you do it right, it still doesn't work, and then you do it by feel, and it works. And that it was works. exactly what I yeah. experienced with owning like the CB350 right. and CB750. Was I, I could set it six times going by the book every right. single and time. It's not right. And, it's not and right. going on off of what people say on forums, and right. it's never right. And then I, I, I sort of do what I think it should be like, mm-hmm. and it runs. And it runs. And you eye yeah. it. No, you eye like, the way the point's open, and it works better when yeah. you eye it than when you... Go ahead, John. Set it with a... So you guys game. aren't, like, watching the spark when it happens? No, this is... And this is No, exactly I'm setting it by a light at the top, a, at TDC. Right. And this is what... And this is the best. John will tell you this, and I've heard him tell I people always about take the it every plug time. out and yep. let it lean against the cylinder, yep. turn your ignition on, yep. rotate it over. Got to have work. a good battery. If you don't have a good battery, shut or hook a battery Go charger. Home. I always Go hook home. a battery charger anytime. Because your bike, your motorcycle has a built-in timing light. Just in case you were wondering. So you just rotate it over yep. until you watch the spark plug spark, Dink. and that's where it's firing. That's your right. Firing I plug. did not know that. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And then it you is have to the, roll, roll it back. Right, roll don't. It back. It's kind of like a guitar when you're tuning. You got to roll it way back and then come at it again. To, to it's it usually again. at least 180 no. degrees. Go at least 180 degrees. Roll it back and then come at it again. No, and I understand that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if you set it like if you go by the book, they say set yes. this the gap at yeah. like 0.12 and whatever. Yeah. It never or 0.12. It's I usually it's, give it more gap. Always. Yeah. But it's yeah. never right, and it's and it never works right. You have to do it by feel. Why is it not right? Well, because it's not sparking. No, what I'm going to say center? consistently is, or it's any, not. Are you no, not happy with the advance? I'm not happy with the advance. I mean, it's always not exactly where you want it to be. And this is where I will. I've always been able to get mine dead nuts on. You're just incompetent. <laughs> probably true. Here, also, here's the thing: is I was able to sort of... Okay, well, the good news is what you went through was the Honda CB350 curse, which you, we all know yeah, yeah. that in the manual it's wrong. So in the manual... I probably wasn't even looking at the manual. In the manual for the CB350, they did put the data in there incorrectly. Really? Yeah. So there is misinformation regarding the CB350 static static timing. But here's the thing. I've here's had some thing. really weird stuff, too, with yeah. some of the points. One of the things... It's like just open them way the fuck open, yeah. and they work great for a while. Work them, <laughs> open them way the fuck up. It'll get you home. Yeah, it'll get you home, and then replace them when you get home. But the other thing too is remember, there's uh, the uh, insulators that yeah. are on the points yeah. tend to be a major problem, and well, that's and a failure short, point. Yeah, and yeah. they short out. And, and then they... there's also the covers. So the metal covers that are on the points tend to be a, a frequent point of failure. On some models, you'll actually see a do- I think like the five five hundreds and five fifties have a daub of like cock. No, there's a, a daub of goop uh, yeah. on the backside of the cover, yeah. and that's there for a reason. That's because they shorted the short the electricity like electricity is going to find the shortest distance between two points, and if your points start to get dirty or your pat or your condenser starts to get not so happy anymore, or your battery starts to get low, 
what happens is your points will short to the cover. And once it starts shorting to the cover, and we've seen it, it happens when the battery fucking gets low. But that's what I'm saying is the beauty of Never this. happens with electronic ignition. Yeah, that's true. No, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying yeah, with, the, with right. that... The points the, do work. The power... The, I'll that, see you after the next EMP. I know. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is with, with that... Yeah. New coil yeah. that incorporates all the electronics in the, the coil coil. itself. Right. Yeah. That that the breaker is a switch. Oh yeah. So that takes that equate that takes that out of the equation. Right. And it Dustin had the, a similar setup on his bike. Well, that was the Honda Man setup. That was the Honda Man yeah, setup Honda where Man you setup. used your original points yep. mainly yep. just as a switch. They were the switch. That's all. And it was. was a similar yeah. thing, and it fucking never worked right for him. <laughs> and he eventually went back and put his points on his bike. He, but yeah, but who hydro locked yeah. Chris's bike and blew it up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what I'm I guess what I'm thinking is I wish oh, Chris sorry. Chris was here. I wish Can Chris you edit that out. No, I wish <laughs> I wish Chris was here tonight that we could tell him that he has had an offer on his Subaru. <clears throat> So, of, of, we'll of, talk about that number later. Yeah, we will talk about that number later because I don't know. I, I would take it, I guess, at this point. But back to the issue, we were talking about the Ecotrons kit because I'm. You been really have to ask Chris if you're going to sell his bike. I mean, can't you just? Sell can it? I just sell his bike for him? Do you have the time? After I saw the the abomination he did with the sale of his CB450, right? Right. I feel like I would be winning if I sold his Superhawk for him. Where is he tonight? I don't know, but anyway. No, I'm, I'm find out right to get now. out of my room because, like, seriously, if that was gone, we got Clio, the Cle- the CL100 gone. If we could get, you know, we got that gone. If we got that gone, we're down to like two sets of carburetors Jeez. in this room. Yeah, we're down to Sad like bad state of affairs. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, we didn't. We we also we not. There's sold, plenty of carburetors on the other side of that wall. Yes, though. there are. We <laughs> not sold the Bandit like three times so far. So. Um, We've been collecting deposits on that bandit. Thank God people are fucking unreliable and that I'm smart enough to charge deposits. But back to... Uh, Ecotrons. Ecotrons. So if you have a DR650 um, or if you have a KLR650 or various other small engines, uh, Ecotrons is just the man. Uh, Ecotrons.com. He, I love his website because he spends a lot of time talking about unmanned aerial vehicles. Unmanned aerial vehicles. It comes... It, look it. I'm going to tell you right now. Unmanned aerial vehicles is higher on his priority list than motorcycle engines. Well, on Sleepy Cinches, too. I guess so. <laughs> Where the hell is he? Well, I don't know. But Let's not worry about that right now. As long as he's not at Disney because he wasn't happy about that. Okay. So... Multi-fuel or heavy fuel direct engine, uh, direct injection engines, gaseous fuel like natural gas, LPG, or even hydrogen engines. I just have a question. Go ahead. I was behind a Mercedes yesterday. Go ahead. CDI, and it smelled so bad. You mean a modern tur- <laughs> a modern diesel? It's a CDI gas. That's in- the direct injection. That's gas. Gas director injection. Yeah. Why did it smell so horrible? I have no idea. I don't know. There's I mean, I want to think that. that they were using But a popular that. problem with the, the direct injected, gas direct injected, if right. that's what it was, yeah. is that since you don't have the air-fuel mixture going through your intakes, right. your exactly intakes right. get kind of fuckedied up because Super you get up. oil spray coming back up in them. That's why you need that, a catch can. That doesn't get rinsed out. In fact, right. my buddy who owns an Audi A8... Yeah. Just went through the trouble of pulling off his plenum and intake walnut shells and and, oh. wa- and and 
and using a, a sandblaster with walnut wow. shells to, to clean, clean his out intakes. Yeah. his intakes because yeah. they were totally If you nasty. have direct injection and you have not invested in $12 worth of catch can yet, yeah. you are going to have problems. Well, I don't know what you this was. You can Google that. Was this Mercedes in front thanks of me? your Uncle Phil. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I mean, I was driving behind this guy in this Mercedes, yeah. and I could not breathe. It was like accurate. It could have been the Zyklon B. It could have been. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's an upgrade. ran out of death. Yeah, no, I, it smelled like a, it smelled like death. <laughs> he was making his own death, but he it said CDI, and so I got up really close to him, and it said CDI, but it smelled so horrible I could not breathe behind him. And I, I mean, a, Jeep made the CRD, which was a common rail diesel. Yeah, yeah, so right. I don't, but I don't know what. They no, I, I'm gonna, you know, I, I don't know why it smelled. It so smelled bad, like chlorine. Well, again, just I mean, so that was a Ford thing, like with my. Ford Fairmont, it always had a weird chlorine smell. Yeah. And that was a comet running really rich. With Super a, rich with a catalytic converter. With a good catalytic converter. Yep. Okay, now, so the, car you're be, the car you're behind was a diesel car. It was a ML, like a, but it's a Mercedes diesel, ML, diesel car, yeah. Right? But it was a CDI. Uh, an right, MLS, uh, ML, that's probably not diesel. ML 500 or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, but what I will tell you is DEF, which is... Horse piss. That's it, it, it has a certain smell to it, and uh, you know, and again, uric acid. I'm sorry, DEF, aka horse piss. I'm against it. Ecotrons. Ecotrons. Back to ecotrons. CDI is common rail diesel injection. I thought it was. Oh, so it was a diesel, and so that had to be deaf. That had to be what it was. You were smelling, smelling deaf. Yeah. You were in a new passenger car. Yeah. Not a heavy truck. Yeah. They have it now. You have to have it. Oh, all the modern. All the modern diesels uh, have def tanks, uh, and if the def tank is empty, then it goes into limp mode. You are deprived of all the fun. Fuck's sakes! <laughs> yeah, you can't add water either because I tried that. But you in can piss in it, John Deere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a, I have a John Deere tractor, yeah. and we try to add just like like distilled water to yeah. it. You got to pee. It, you can pee. No, in it. I don't know. How does it know that it doesn't have def in it? Piss in it. It's uric acid. Seriously? Seriously. It's horse pee. Well, I can do that easily. Right. It's miracle horse pee. grow. Eat miracle more grain. Grow. Eat more grains. That's what miracle grow is, crystallized it's, cow piss it's, or it's something. Your, it's uric acid as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, not for nothing. I'm no fan of death. Well, if you're on a bike, you're like behind something that's blue, using death. or whatever, yeah. The acrid smell is so horrible. I oh, yeah. I cannot breathe behind uh, something using death. It's just because it's burning horse piss. I mean, it's it's supposed well, to make the Well, how does the EPA think that that's right? Eh, go look it up. It's that it, it cracks they the molecule chain. They think everything's right. And it's injected into the exhaust. It's diesel electronic flu- fluid. It's It's weird. Um, but back to the. <laughs> That's what I say. So back to Ecotrons. Yep. Ecotrons makes um, these two stroke. I mean, sorry, not two strokes. What the fuck? Fuel injection system. EFI kits. Fuel injection kits for Ninja 250s. Mm-hmm. For um, two stroke small engines. Yeah, baby. Two strokes. Uh, for the Honda GX35s. For the I'm Briggs, a one stroke. For the Briggs and Stratton <laughs> Vanguard. Right. So they make them for the for the Briggs Vanguard. But what is super cool about it is they do make a kit. Um, they do go to the trouble, God bless their hearts, of giving you a itemized diagram what for installing it, a closed-loop fuel injection system, on your DR650. 
Does uh, that, so that includes a throttle body? In there? Yo, yeah, it includes yep. everything, man. The whole shooting match. Wow. And they come in a couple of different flavors. There's a 38 mil and there's a 40 mil um, for your, uh, you know, what for firing off your single cylinder DR or KLR type vehicle. And uh, they, they've done a good job. Like the, uh, the installation manual, especially if you're a DR650 guy, um, it's pretty rad. And so you, speaking of firing off, have you pulled the trigger on this or? Hold on, yeah, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't give me a try. I tried to spend some fucking money today. I sold four bikes, right? <laughs> so uh, I, I, once my whole rule, as you guys know, I'm selling off all the. You were what we will right. call Cleveland rich today. I was definitely Cleveland rich today, and I, as you know, I'm trying to eliminate carburetors from my life, and and the KLR that I'm fifty percent of the way of being completed project on. Still has one too many carburetors. And uh, so I thought, since we're at the point where it'd be a really easy point at this point to get rid of the carburetor on the motorcycle and replace it with the fuel injection system. So here's what you get in the kit. So the wiring harness. It has a wiring harness. Okay. Is this a complete wiring harness that you have to replace on the entire bike? or It looks like you can run it parallel to your existing wiring, okay. wiring harness. Okay, And it has about four ends on it. It's Five an auxiliary harness. So now, thank you. It's an auxiliary harness. There's an ECU. Yep. Okay. There's a CDI that looks like every other Chinese or scooter CDI we've ever installed mm -hmm. with one square four-pin connector and one flat two-pin connector. I love these $19 CDIs. That's a DC you got CDI. It. You got it. Um, a new fuel tap that is not a tap. It's a pump. No, it's just a a, a, a bar, what we call a barb. There's no on and off. Okay. okay. So it's, it's a inline pump. No, it's just a fucking barb. No, no, but I mean, so the system is then going to have an inline Yeah, there's an inline pump. fuel pump. I'll get to that. Okay. Maybe, oh, I just got there right now. Okay. Uh, there's a map sensor. Yep. There's an O2 sensor. Yep. There's a fuel return line, and that's why we get into the specialized fuel tap. Because the specialized fuel tap, you take out your factory fuel tap with the reserve channel and the on channel, and you put back, you put in this fuel tap, which just has drains the tank all the way to the bottom, mm -hmm. and has a return line that shoots the gas back in. That's right, exactly. Um, there's a throttle body available in your choice of 38 or 40 millimeters. Do they 30. recommend one or the other for the 650? Yes. Okay. They I do. assume the throttle body has a uh, TPS as a throttle positioning sensor. Oh, it's built into one it. item. It is and throttle body injector built in. It's it, it's that. it's the it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's one component. I love it. It's not a kit. You don't have to like, you know, you nothing has to be like machined or hewn from mm -hmm. you know your own. Will it accept your Kawasaki KLR push pull throttle cables? I see no reason why it won't because the kit doesn't come with any other ones. And it has a wheel on the side that looks exactly like what I'm used to seeing. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's a fuel pressure regulator. Okay. So that course. regulates how much fuel is going back to the tank. Uh, that means when your fuel pump... It's just pumping. It's just pumping. So we don't have to have a fancy fuel pump because we have a fuel pressure regulator. It comes with a couple of T-pipes. It comes with a fuel filter. It comes with a fuel return line. How about an engine temperature sensor? So what I've got here is I've got an O2 sensor, a MAP sensor, an ECU, an ECU uh, fuel pressure regulator. I do not see an engine temperature sensor. But what I'm thinking is that there's a plug in here that goes to... One of the head bolts or something like that? An ECT. 
And an IAT. So MAB sensor have an intake air temperature. That's well, the intake air temperature has a lead that probably works on your existing intake air temperature, right. or the, probably the MAP sensor itself. So that's built into the harness. And then there's a switch because the system gives you multiple maps. And you get a USB RS-232 connector. Okay. So you get a dongle. Sorry. So you get an RS-232 dongle. Now that's... Do you get a CD or do you download an app? You get a CD and you get a communications cable. Okay. So for the people out there that have never done this before, what you're getting is you're getting a software on a CD that you're going to put into your laptop, and then you're going to hook up the communications cable that they're giving you to a little uh, RS-232, which is the 9-pin serial cable that goes into your computer, and the other side's the USB that plugs into your computer. So this system that was built 15 years ago can work with modern componentry as well because you don't have a serial cable coming out of the back of your iComputer or whatever the hell it is because we don't mm -hmm. use... You know, I might, but you know, most we don't, don't use those kind of like you know <laughs> nine pin or fifteen pin V you know VGA connectors anymore. Okay, so you get all that. You get throttle body. That's badass. You get an ECU. That's badass. You get the CDI. That's a programmable badass. ECU. And it's a programmable ECU, which means you can have multiple proven maps, and and the maps can be. And I've looked. I've checked these maps out, and they got maps for. You got an airbox. They got maps for you. Got a big hole in your airbox. They got a map for you. Don't have an airbox, right? Your they pods. Got, what's that? Your pods. You got pods, right? They got maps for you live in Denver. They got maps for you. Got a big fart cannon exhaust on there, right? And that's all your starting point. And of course, because it is a, because it does have a map sensor, and because it does have an engine temperature sensor, and because it does have an intake air temperature sensor, it then can work and adjust things, which is what fuel injection does really, really well, mm -hmm. is it adjusts it and it goes after it and it just keeps making it better. So the only thing it really looks like you got to do that be, that's a pain in the ass is you got to have at least 4.5 amps. Ooh, boy, that's hard to do. No, there's fucking plenty of that. Don't worry about that. That's 70 watts. Especially that newer model KLR has a, a better stator yes. and everything. In so it. if you don't have 70 watts to spare, you can't install this system. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So if you can't add 70 watts to your charging system, don't but you're even... losing your ignition system. So you're that's where you're I think it's a, it's a wash. Yeah. I feel like it's a wash. Yeah, to you're, me, it feels you're like subtracting that. So yeah, to me, I was kind of thinking My about ignition, it. But you're, I think the fuel pump is. Does the it major use your stock draw. coils? Yes. Yeah, it does. What is it timing off of? I would venture to say it's probably timing off of your built-in electronic ignition. Your original so the, pulse. The built-in trigger. trigger. Yeah, your trigger. Because that looks like their harness plugs right into that. Okay. So, yeah, it looks, I mean, as far as I'm saying, it so does. So the RPM signal? Is that what, what it's doing? Yeah, and it does have an OBD. Yep. So, you know, you have the ability to, to handle that. Um, it really does look to me like. This kit... You've perked my interest. Now, I know. what's the retail value of this? I know already, <laughs> I think. I know. It's under $1,000. Oh, no, it's... it's it's, And I've... And it's I can't get... Bucks. I can't get an email back from them, but it's under 700 bucks. Yeah, yeah, like six ninety nine or something? Uh, yeah, yeah. I Like I said, uh, the one that I, I contacted them... I got into all this. You know, I've talked yeah. about it before. Yep. My interest was not for a KLR 650. I, 
which is fun and everything, and it's a great idea, but mm-hmm. I want to put it on a gold wing or a, a multi-cylinder. Yeah, thing. right. And that's you know, really what it comes single, into. Just, just you have to build yourself a, 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 a four-into-one plenum. Yep. Yeah. And then put that throttle body right. on it and run, you know, if it can run a 650 single, it can run a 1,000cc four-cylinder. Well, and the idea, too, is, and you're exactly right. You that is plenum, though. You have that box and then the yeah. four. No, you're going to throw away the four carburetors. Mm-hmm. No, what I'm You're saying though is build your own little manifold that comes into one thing. I actually have a manifold for a CB750 because I have the turbo. Well, and what's interesting is this company used to offer a 38 and a 40, but now they also, and you're going to like this, they also offer a 45 millimeter, 50 millimeter, 55 millimeter, Holy 60 shit. millimeter, and 65 millimeter. Jeez. Which just down and dirty, uh, back of my hand, it's CFM. Way bigger you than that. You can put that on your <laughs> fucking... Fiat. I could put the smallest one on the Fiat. And this is what I'm saying. You probably could, judging what I'm seeing yeah. on my table here. But uh, when I looked at it and just thought back on my hand math, um, 65 millimeters can absolutely flow. It's huge. Yeah. 65. Because the 40 millimeter already, a 40 millimeter already is overflowing a 650 single because they use the 40 millimeter for the Sportster 1200. Yeah. For the same CV. 40 carbs. You can have, yeah. okay, so if you have a four cylinder yeah. and you have four 32 millimeter carbs, when you convert that all to a single, you don't have to have four times that. No, no. not at all. Not at all. Because no, only, of that. you can no. still breathe four cylinders of through course. only a slightly bigger carburetor. Well, right. And, well, and also the fact that in yeah. a throttle body doesn't work the same way as a carburetor. It doesn't need to, to choke down the airflow. That's right. To, you don't need to have a Bernoulli yeah, exactly. sprint. You don't need a, right. the Venturi effect. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. So when it comes to a th- sizing a throttle body, it's much, much better to have a slightly too small throttle body than, than too a big. too big. Let's right. have some velocity. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and when you get into that CFM for the size of the orifice, um, it's, it's Can you say really... Yeah. <laughs> um, 65 millimeters. My thing was always kind of figuring 10 to 1. So for the old Harley carburetors and stuff for the the cars, forty eight for two, yeah, yeah. So uh, sixty five millimeters on, so. is six hundred and forty cubic feet per minute. So, you know, a Holly six fifty carb is equivalent to the sixty five millimeter plenum they make. Mm-hmm. So that in theory, I see no reason why the sixty five millimeter plenum they make couldn't feed something like. A V8 motor. Fucking V8. Exactly, right. So that's that's a big thing. And I've, I've seen in the tuner car thing that um, the guys that are making hot rod ZTEX, hot rod uh, Ford Focuses and stuff, they're running these 65s. And a lot of times people are saying it's just too big. Mm-hmm. It's too much. And this company offers up to 65. So, um, and that's race tuner shit. So um, really, for your gold wing or something, that's way too much. Right. I mean, you were talking about... Doing this for a, a two point three liter or, or you know a bigger like a forty two or so, four, some forty ish one would yeah. be good enough for a gold probably. One. So so Nick, you yeah. have a carb on the table right yep. here, oh, and boy. that's a twenty. It's a thirty. It's a twin. 30, yeah, it's 30. thirty. Yeah, thirty millimeter yeah. twin barrel Weber. Right. So yeah. a gold wing. I know a twelve hundred golden because I was looking at this this week. It's a thirty two thirty two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. A gold wing is thirty two thirty two. So a thirty-two, thirty-two Weber is not that much bigger than what you're sitting on the table, right? And what is that from? 
That's from a 67 Fiat 850. Okay, so why is it sitting at our table? <laughs> because... Because it's mostly a motorcycle engine. Yeah. Show and Pretty tell. much, yeah. So show and tell. Uh, well, I mean, it ties into the into the topic. I wanted it sure to, does. I saw a, a blog of a guy who turbocharged an 850 and who used... It, who converted it to fuel injection and used the throttle body from a Yamaha Raptor 700. Oh, really? Uh, and it... Worked really. He does hill climb racing and stuff with it, and it worked. Of a Fiat 850. So that's a great idea to do when you start turbocharging or supercharging. Mm -hmm. If you go the fuel injection route, then you don't have to play with a lot of. It's very difficult. Yeah. When you're dealing trying to use a carburetor to feed a turbo or or a supercharger. Of course it is. It's awful. But when you have fuel injected. All you got to do is throw whatever turbo on there and let it spin, or even a supercharger, whatever. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you just keep it spinning. Yeah. Well, and this is a thing that we learned, and I've been dicking around more with these the Japanese cars, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone, we do the Nissan Figaro's a lot, and the Nissan Figaro's a 1,000 cc's, and it's a 1,000 cc's, and it's a turbo, but it only came as an automatic. It, they never made a stick. Mm-hmm. They never built a stick. And I got to hear all these people every time, every time somebody discovers in their little world, they discover a Nissan Figaro. And they go, it's a thousand cc's and it's a turbo. Yeah. Well, how come it's not a stick? I have a penis. I need a stick. Well, it turns out the reason it's not a stick is because Nissan is smarter than you are. They need to keep the turbo spinning. And they can't keep the turbo spinning if your dumbass is shifting the wrong time. So they can trust the shifting to the transmission, the automatic transmission to make sure the turbo never stops spinning. To me, a CVT and a turbo would be a perfect It's an excellent mate. combination. It's an excellent combination. Well, the automatic transmission, three-speed automatic that's in this little car, um, works really well because the way it's set up is the only time the turbo's not engaged, because it's not a supercharger, it's when you're sitting at the light. So when you're sitting at the light, the turbo's not there. When you press the go pedal and the light goes green... Spools up. At about 2300 RPM, the turbo's lit and it stays lit forever. And you'll never ever be that low again until you put it in park. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a turbo. Because any other way, Johnny, you know, Johnny stick shift back here doesn't know how to drive right, is going to lug the motor well, and the turbo's going to fall out. That's why they have the bang, the yep. bangers. Mm-hmm. So when you hit the clutch and let off the gas, yep. it goes pow, 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 and mm-hmm. it keeps your, your turbo mm-hmm. spinning. Keeps the turbo spinning. <laughs> yeah. And that's why in that particular application, keeping the revs where they are keeps the turbo engaged and everybody's happy. Because the turbo's only good when it's at its nominal right. spin, you know, when it's moving the air for you. My, uh, well, you met the guy before, uh, Ali. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Ali bought a, a BMW uh, 4 Series mm-hmm. 335. Okay, yeah. And so he's the one who drove me out there to get the Ural um, mm-hmm. last Saturday. And I swear to God, he had the turbo spooled constantly. Yeah. I don't think we went on, we, we never dropped below 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And then he's like, we're driving along, and then we're at 155, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's got a rev limiter at, at 155. <laughs> I'm like, at 155 miles an hour, if you have not yet hit your <laughs> rev limiter, yeah. He's like, I, I need to get rid of this Revlon. <laughs> I need to get rid of this Revlon. You're going 155 miles an hour in and car in the winter. Yeah. 
Yeah, your tires are really hooking up well, let me tell you. No, I, I like that kid. Yeah. And what I, what I really like about him is when he drives, 100% of his concentration yeah. is on driving. It's on driving. I mean, he yeah. doesn't fuck with his phone. Yeah. He doesn't talk to anybody. If the phone's ringing, he ignores it. He's, He's just totally concentrated. Mario fucking Andre- Andretti. If you're going 155 miles an hour, that is the only thing you and should be that doing. That kid's a good driver. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing. Yeah. At least I feel safe that my that daughter's he is, in yeah. the car with, with right. that guy. And He takes it seriously. Hopefully they get married because, yeah. you know, I... You could do worse. You do way worse than yeah. that kid. You could do worse. You could do, do worse. Yeah. I don't know if I'd do them, but I know you No, would. but the point is, like, the whole idea is, as a, as a dad, when your daughter's dating somebody... It's nice to like your daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, really. I mean, that's a nice... That's You don't want a douchebag in the family. No, and no. he's not a douchebag. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good kid, and, yeah. and you know what? He's really Throw into, fast. like, <laughs> motorcycles and cars. So yeah, yeah. He's, you, can, you can like a kid like that. Yeah, he's a petrol head. It'll work. Yeah. So, oh, I'm... I'm sorry to, to, to it's uh, okay there's another piece of the, there's another piece of this ancient piece of that's the intake manifold. I thought this was the reed block I was gonna say it does <laughs> it does block. look an awful lot like a reed block that looks a lot like a reed block well yeah. here's the thing is that guy used a, a throttle body from a Raptor 700 yeah. I feel like I could buy a rack of carbs off of like a an R6. Yeah, yeah. Take one 38 millimeter throttle body. Uh, <laughs> I think drop it your right on there. Is going to come off of that 650 right there. <laughs> yeah. That, and actually, if you seriously, yeah, I have a big bore um, carburetor that was off of a dirt bike yeah. that's about like this big. Yeah. The reason, if you weld it, if you make a plate and then weld a, you know. Squish it and weld up, make yourself a little tin pan An adapter. Yeah. Adapter, yep. you could mount that carburetor right to that. But mm-hmm. you want fuel injection on that, though, right? I well, I'm here's something, torn. guys. He wants it to run first. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the the bad guy. I'm oh, going to have to be the dream oh, killer on this one. You guys do know that when motorcycle carburetors are engineered to be single carburetor per cylinder applications that they do tend to take pulse into the design of the carburetor and i have watched poor bastards many times try to take a multiple carburation a multiple carburation demand and replace it with a single carburetor application carburetor i have is a yeah. d slide exactly yeah. so it is not a, mm-hmm. a cv car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it right. might work pretty good right. for this. and that is a big thing is be extremely cautious when you're using anybody who's going to home engineer stuff this is a tip from your uncle phil cv carbs are notoriously bad at running anything other than one carb per vacuum source and when you put a CV carb onto a multiple vacuum source, what happens is the the vacuum load or the vacuum stack drops. And what you lose is you'll use, lose the range of operation of the carburetor. So instead of being wide open throttle, you'll only be able to attain half open throttle because you're using a vacuum column instead of using an actual mechanical slide. The other thing is, yeah. I think that carburetor I have is a pumper carb. Yeah. So every time you hit the gas... Yeah, it's, it's a little squirt. Just extra squirt. It has a little yep. diaphragm. Yep. Like and I have a bunch of flat slides and coonies 
of various sizes that you could use. And you know what? And, and I will tell you this. I don't know this for a fact. But they're not downdrafts. I mean, most of these cars are side, side drafts. I don't know this personally. Well, that's the other thing, too. Right. That's a downdraft. So if you put a right. motorcycle car, you're going to have to have an elbow. Have elbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know this for a fact. But I was told by a man with a very, very long beard that there is nothing in the world that a flat side Mikuni won't fix. <laughs> and he had a very long beard. So he probably was right to a certain degree. Well, I mean, there's it takes a lot of think about that. A flat slide, a flat slide takes a lot of variables out of the equation. I have put them on Lambrettas, which is a science unto itself of failure. I mean, there's ninety (laughs) six. There's ninety six things wrong with a Lambretta before you've gotten to where they put the motor, and. As bad as they can be, affixing a TMX 35 to the side of it, which is a you know a flat slide Mikuni carburetor, invariably which is huge too, which is giant compared to these 14 or 16 or 20 millimeter carburetor from Del Orto that came on it. But I know it sounds strange, but that TMX 35 that to us sounds in the I'm sorry in the motor scooter community Camaro sounds strange to us. But that is the requisite carburetor for a two-stroke 125 Suzuki. My okay. brothers are big fans yeah. of uh, the Predator carburetor Predator and their yeah. mud, yeah. mud boggers. Mm-hmm. And basically what that is, is it's not really much of a carburetor at all. It's really not. It's really just sort of a, it's got a thing. It's yep. it's, it's it's no pilot. It's, it's really no thing. idle. It's no, no pilot jet. No, there's no, no pilot jet at all. All it is is a door opens and yep. fucking shit ton of air and gas go right. in. Well, they have the same solution. <laughs> In the movie Mad Max Fury Road, which is you get some idiot on top of your vehicle with a mouthful of fuel spraying it in the intake. And that's a Predator carburetor. I mean, that's what it is. You know, that's the whole principle of making booms. You want to see a motorcycle run great? Take carburetor. Throw it as far away as you can throw it. Give me a squirty bottle full of gasoline. Exactly. You crank it and let me control with my fingertip the amount of start you bastard. That we shoot into the intake hole. It's like a Pogue vapor carb. It is exactly right. And this is the whole thing. is like people think that carburetors are mystical. What's mystical about a carburetor is the fact that it's consistent. You know? And that it works across variable throttle. Originally, the supercharger that I have originally came with a mechanical Mm -hmm. fuel injector. Mm -hmm. Which was like a trapdoor flat slide with a needle. One needle. That your gravity, your fuel mm-hmm. came down to yep. gravity fed with no yep. flow pole or anything. Absolutely not. And when you open the trap door, mm-hmm. the needle came out and yep. gas gushed into it. Gas gushed into it. <laughs> into it. It's a mechanical, yeah, right. mechanical fuel injection that used to exist on the Corvettes and stuff. I loved that shit because it was amazing. If you ever get a chance to look at the diagram for the old original there was no pump. There was no, 50s mechanical there was no, fuel like, injection. It was just so like, cool. Just yeah. dump yeah. gas. That's what my uncle had a, th- a sixty-six, yeah. yeah. three twenty-seven. Well, mechanical fuel, fuel injection systems. When you look back to the military, uh, when you look back to military aviation, and you look at what fuel injection was, because you had to take away the reliance upon atmospheric pressure, because atmospheric pressure at thirty thousand feet is not available. Mm-hmm. So you had to have mechanical fuel injection systems in these big V twelve engines, and that gave them the performance that they could go to that elevation and still have power despite the fact that there's very little air in the air. And when you start to look at the way those systems worked, they were just fantastically, the supercharger and... No, I'm... I'm yeah, the... No, uh, I'm saying we uh, pretty much... No, no, leave most that, of that right? You don't want to drink, you don't want to empty it. Uh, 
Don't go for the worm in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to empty a bottle like that. Save that for a truly rough night. Um, the your daughter has her first period. Oh, God, poor, poor John. Oh, oh Jack. Hey, you know what? And I'll tell you this. I like to think that I've done some manly things in my life, but I have never had my daughter experience her first period. With your wife in New Orleans. Right, with all the female influences in your life are not home. <laughs> you're, you're literally going into this one. Where's my Cold. daughter now? Over at her friend's house. Really? Is she really? <laughs> farmed her Is she r- surrounded by other girls? <laughs> Good. They'll give her some. I hope your wife's not stacked down with beads. <laughs> I'm actually building a, uh, a period shack. A period <laughs> shack. <laughs> period bunker. For the women of my yep, family. Yep, exactly. Yeah, once a month They're you can calling go it down. a she shack. I know what I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. All those windows I took out of upstairs are going to make yeah. a very beautiful little like period palace. A period palace. <laughs> Change yeah. it into plexiglass so they can't break them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good oh. idea. Uh-uh. I'm not... Uh, again... Actually, I already have a period palace. It's called my garage. When you're a dad of a boy, you only have to worry about one dick. When you're a dad of a girl, you have to worry about all the dicks. <sighs> I think she's cool with that. She's not. You know, I, I don't but, with that. No. My my one daughter, all these boys would come around and sit on the front porch. <laughs> and, like They would surround her. It's it was like, like cats. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was it literally it sounds like. It was seriously like cats. <laughs> So I would walk, if I, when I came in from work, I'd walk up the steps, and my daughter would say, listen, my dad said that if you touch me, he's going to cut off all your dicks and feed them to you. And he really means it. And he, she would say that yeah. consistently. Yeah. And these kids would look at me like, like I was a psycho. Right. But she would say that every time I walked home, I would hear the same exact thing. And they'd look in the window, and you'd just be slowly eating (laughs) one uncooked hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) She's very private about the subject, but I did did manage to throw in my two most important things where, so now you can get pregnant. Right. Just so you know, this is what this means. Right. And don't flush anything down the fucking toilet. That's right. I don't want my... F- it's right. bad enough when yeah. your mom... Puts if you it need to put it in a Ziploc baggie, or if you need to put it in a sandwich bag and throw it in the trash, you just I go ahead and do you, that. I promise you, I'm not going through... I don't care. I'm not but, going through the garbage when I empty yes. it. I'm not doing it. My favorite line is, though, to tell these kids, whatever you do to her, I'm going to do to you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> every, month, every month when Aunt Flo arrives... It should be another party to celebrate the fact that you are not pregnant. Congratulations, you're not pregnant. Well done, you're not pregnant. Well done, you're not pregnant. You're going to have to keep this intake no matter what you put on it because you need these vacuum ports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to add that. And that carburetor, for being an only on a 800... That was a really quick change of time. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> we can only be sensitive for a short while. What I was noticing is for only 850 cc's, yeah. that thing looks up like a fucking octopus. There's a lot going on. There's a oh, lot going on. For only an 850 cc car, <clears throat> you can tell that's a product of the 60s. Yeah. Well, it's a Weber, so... Yeah. Look at all those fucking well, why ports. Why doesn't it match up real well? Like Because mm-hmm. Italy. Italy. Because <laughs> Italy. Because Italy. Do you see this? <laughs> Like right no, it's terrible. No, no, it's terrible. It looks like the same thing. No. It looks like a yeah. Solex that, carb, yeah. though. That's not right. No, it's, it's not, terrible. It looks like a Solex, terrible. though. The mating surfaces not gonna work. are not going to work. Right, yeah. Turn that's it around the other way, John. Well, you have a gasket that's about three inches thick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a, a spacer plate. Okay. It's missing the spacer plate. You left the spacer plate at home, right? That's not going to work. 
There should be a spacer What's plate. What's this? There. That's yeah. the the gasket between the manifold and the engine. Yeah. Okay. So there's yeah. a plate that goes. Yeah. There should be a spacer yeah. plate. Uh, I mean, they were known for the their extensive. <laughs> they were known for their extensive use of you know those bake light intake plates and shit. Isolator. Isolators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those bake things. light. I love oh them. god, they're like brown plastic with like. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're terrible. Um, I've seen them on alphas and all kinds of crap. Let it clean up. Buy a gallon of that gunk. Stuff and, and that's that's the spare carburetor. So mm. I could probably I could probably you make, make that work. Oh no, I don't think you yeah, could. Yeah, but you have like diamonds growing in your. <laughs> it's your hilarious hand. though. As far as carburetors go, what makes that thing so special is it does look like. It's got at least seven extra levels. <laughs> the dust. It's this like an thing. old clock or an old watch. It's got complications. Yep. So, like, you know, you judge old clocks and old watches based on how many complications they have. And it's like that carburetor has three look extra complications. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. No, Maybe. look at inside the main jet. Oh, no, no. There, there is no <laughs> inside of that. No, no. That <laughs> jet. Like look at it. That jet only jet. has an outside. <laughs> the inside of that jet has been closed for years. <laughs> That jet only has one side, the outside. And that's if you can get it out of there. Well, hey, the, the gas that was in, last in that was not ethanol. <laughs> <laughs> you it could was, actually smell the dinosaurs. It was, yeah, with the dinosaur. <laughs> it was Sinclair. Uh, yeah, that thing, yeah, that thing is a mess. But I think that's a perfect reason to... Like, if you know the motor's good and you get compression out of the motor mm-hmm. so that you want to keep the motor and the motor's okay... I would say don't even look at the carburetor until you know the motor's square. Yeah. And when the motor's square and it's got good compression and you know everything's fine, and you scoped it, you know, you get yourself a $20 eBay like, what's with this? or Amazon scope. Mm-hmm. Once you scope the motor and you know that, everything's fine inside of it, so. and there's, it's got the numbers you need, yep. see? I would go to fuel injection. I would absolutely... I see... Yeah. Every time I see a carburetor that looks like that, I see... A Pain thousand drunk <laughs> Italian mechanics. That's true. Yeah. I can imagine... This guy's from uh, the forklift in that movie. Guido. Yeah. Oh, Guido. <laughs> Look, every... I've never seen cars, but what I will tell you is, as a child who grew up, my first multi-syllable word was carburetor. It's in my baby book. Um, <laughs> uh, my first multi-syllable word was carburetor. So imagine how many times in my household the word carburetor was uttered mm-hmm. so that my little African gray parrot brain said carburetor and knew that carburetor was a word that had power in my household. So it associated with motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. usually, <laughs> right. And Realistically, I mean, that's not even like, I mean, you look at a four-barrel quadrajet, yeah. there's a lot more going on than that. Yeah. Well, of course, and again. Yeah, there's a lot joke. going on. There's a lot going on in this little thing right here. I like to remind you that we call carb- quadrajets quadrajunks. Yeah. Yeah, so the... Uh, He's got a vacuum port for the... There's so much going on with that. I look at that thing and there's just every single one of those little octopus tentacles that's coming off of it. And and the air really? cleaner had more octopus tentacles yeah. going down the exhaust and yeah. shit. And it's like, and that was all. Going on? There's no EPA either. <laughs> like all that was slave systems. Like that was all like <laughs> parasitic true? vacuum draw systems. Yeah. The acceleration yeah. pump. Yeah. yeah, that the whole thing 
is just this a is parade of bad ideas. Shut off, and then what the hell is this vacuum board there's, for? There's a uh, a thermally actuated mm-hmm. richening circuit built. Oh, that's your that. choke. There's a yeah, yeah thermal, a, thermal. Well, it's like a, yeah. you know, like an automatic choke. Yeah, it's there, got a thermal activated a, choke in it. There's yeah. a accelerator pump yep. built into that. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other useless stuff. No, there's a bunch of, there's a, there's a many other what we like to call points of failure. Yes, yes. Right. A thousand points of light and 999 points of failure. That's a beautiful carburetor. It is. I it's like a it. gorgeous piece of artwork. It'll work just fine. It is. Well, a that's curiosity. the thing. Is I'm torn because yeah. I, like I said, that's my spare carburetor. I, I have I have the other one still attached to the engine. And I can buy a rebuild kit for twenty five bucks. You can put that out where people can see it and appreciate it. <laughs> Right? Put it on my coffee table. Right. But then under the hood, mm-hmm. you can have what gets the work done, which is a fuel injector. That's true. Do you right. have an ultrasonic cleaner? Uh, I have a real tiny Harbor Freight one. You want me to bring in I got a great question one? for you. Maybe. Are you okay with putting boat gas through that for the rest of your life? No. Then you got to get a fuel yeah, injector. you're right. Because if you put any modern pump gas through that machine right there... I can tell you what's going to happen in 120 days. No, in 10 years, you're not going to have any gas anyway because Alexandra, <laughs> hey. whatever, Ocasio-Cortez is going to take away your gas. I'd say go straight to propane or natural gas right off the kick. <laughs> go to electricity. <laughs> propane and propane <laughs> accessories. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Taste the meat, not the heat, Bobby. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any reason in the world to, to make that priceless artifact of a forgotten age that could be a lamp. It could be anything. <laughs> I, you know what? Quick. If you want to be super cool, make that into a tattoo gun. Oh my God. <laughs> tattoo yeah, because somebody would be the coolest punk. steampunky tattoo yeah. asshole. Yeah. yeah, some fucking guy with a leather apron would just pay you a lot of money for that. Or, Get the world's yeah. shittiest Chinese tattoo gun. Or hair shears. In Turn it into shears. Into shears. <laughs> you know what? Artisanal sausage maker. That's what that looks that like could to work. me. That looks like some, some charcuterie shit. Good to uh-huh. screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I got cool. a message from Chris Smith. Did you oh, really? Boy. I did. Did you tell him we sold his Superhawk? He said, I'm on parole with Mrs. Smith. <laughs> on parole? Tell him we just sold a Superhawk, $2,000. Okay, I'll tell him. No, what was the posted subject for this uh, podcast? We, just t- we covered it. That was, yeah, it. that was it? Fuel injection. Fuel injection for the primitive types. Caveman fuel injection. But also, I'm not only interested in the fuel injection part of it, I'm yeah. interested in the electronic ignition part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a distributor, and it has... An and that's the thing, too, it, is like, remember that anytime you're buying fuel injection, you're getting electronic ignition as part of the game. And that's, yeah. one, of the, that's one of the questions I had about the Ecotron's kit, mm-hmm. was whether it, it was still using the, the stock electronic ignition on the KLR? Well, because or? it's coming with an ECU, so it's not. Uh, yeah. Yep. So the Ecotrans kit comes with an ECU and it comes with a CDI. Mm-hmm. The good news is the ECU that it comes with is probably a somewhat proprietary ECU. Probably not. It's probably off the shelf. How does something. it get the pickup though for the timing? But the CDI that comes with it is a cheapo Charlie CDI. Yeah. It's got to be a DC CDI, so yes. it's not fired off of the coils right. in the stator. Yeah. It's just fired off the battery. It, right. It's powered by the battery. Mm-hmm. And it's getting its pulse from the yeah. your original pickup coil or exactly. pulse coil that's on the yeah. bike. Yeah, but the CDI. What I want to do with the shadow. Remember that yeah. CDIs and coils are not the same thing. You are so, correct. Right. So just keep in mind that CDIs and coils are not. A lot of people get confused. A CDI is a capacitive discharge ignition. Is taking a relatively small voltage right. signal. Yep. Coming from the pulse it's a relay. coil, and amping it up to twelve volts and mm-hmm. sending it to the coil. Yep. Yep. At the right time. 
Exactly. Sometimes it's doing it exactly at top dead center, but at 2,000 But then it also knows when it gets enough pulses that it'll hit 2,000 RPM. So it's got logic. And then it'll, it'll it. advance oh, yeah. it to two, two or three degrees. Right. And then it also has the added feature of a, a rev limiter. And what's nice, what I think is interesting about the Ecotron set, set is, like you were talking about with your optical system, that it has the ability to do up to four different maps, but now you have to adjust those maps, whereas the, um, the Ecotron system has simply a switch, a power switch. In, like You could literally set it up for a, a dip switch on your handlebars that says Eco and Power. That, and that's the same thing you yeah, do here, too, because exactly. all it is is grounding it. Yes. I mean, how much advanced do you want? Well, how much can I get? <laughs> I mean, a certain you get too Until much. it goes backwards, my friend. Until yeah, it goes backwards. Yeah, I'll advance it until we're going the wrong way. <laughs> but under load, though, no, I mean, if you're heavily loaded. I mean, in, right. in, in yeah. some cases, I mean, like, like, like this guy said, right. If you have a loaded sidecar, do you RPM, want a switch? Mm-hmm. At anything under 2,000 RPM, you do not want any advance. Right. Oh, no, no, no. Quite the contrary. We want to have retard. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I go, usually when I set a motor up. And I can tell you when you're starting a motor, especially yeah. with an electric start. Yeah, I'll be negative you three. You don't want any advance at all because right. what happens then is... You, you get to almost yeah. top dead center, yeah, the piston back. fires, kicks back and destroys mm-hmm. your starter spread clutch. I normally operate negative, negative yeah. three you, degrees to positive eight, you know. So I'll take optimal timing and go negative three to positive eight anytime I'm setting a motor up. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you think yeah. you're Plus getting when all it's this cold, You want it to be retarded when it's cold. So. Oh, I love the, when you, when we examine a map, when I pull up, you know, when I'm going to set up uh, a map for a fuel injection system, and I look at... We're talking nine degrees of separation here. (laughs) At least. (laughs) That was six. But the the parameters that are available, when we talk about air pressure and we talk about temperature and things like that, it's kind of amazing with fuel injection how much variable you have compared to carburation where your variable was really only based on your... The timing. You could control the spark timing, and that was about all you could control. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a fuel injection system, now you are controlling way more than just the spark timing. Now you're controlling the, the pulse. You know, you're controlling how much squirt we're going to put in there. But fuel injection to me is like this. And ignition is like this. My impression. Ignition is like laser. <laughs> this is just my impression yeah. about, yeah. you know, I uh, matrix the uh-huh. motor. You know, when I see it running yeah. and everything like that is about 90% of that map stays the same because mm-hmm. we yeah. have a given displacement, we have yeah. a given size orifice, right. we have a given fuel. Generally, we can kind of consider the fuel supply homogeneous. The electron, the, the fuel injection system doesn't do anything to analyze right. the fuel going into it, so it's considering that to be so much. No, actually it does. Okay. Yeah, it does. I can help you with that. Tell me about that. Let's okay. So what you're going to do is when you are operating a fuel injection system, when you get into the... That's uh, the, on the downstream on side? On the downstream. With your when we sensor. get into our lambda sensor on the, on the downstream side. When we're running open loop, we're running a, a, to help our listeners. The first part of fuel injection, when you first start your car up, your motorcycle up, is a set program that's going to work 
given anything between 87 octane and 93 octane fuel that is going to function your motor. And, and to me, that's ahead. about 80 to 90 percent right there. It's it's basic. What, it, what actually changes is that other twenty percent. No, no, it's way bigger than that. Okay, and that's what because temperature. So, I mean, you figure you have to come to temperature before you're at temperature. Then you're at right. You're 80 and, or 90%. and so, and that's where we get into these really wide parameters. And so, when a motor is cold, so we have to take a motor and it has to be able to operate at like negative seventy five degrees Fahrenheit. So you're gonna okay. have enriching, hard yeah, enriching, hard enriching. And so when you start a motor cold, it's going to be giving you this crazy, crazy enriched state. And then as the motor becomes warmer all the way up to whatever your ambient, your normal nominal operating running temperature. But if we were, if we were making up a map, we could say, given ambient temperature less than 20 degrees equals 20% increase in fuel ratio. Okay, and so... And that could just be a stupid, like, it wouldn't have to be a, a No, that's, and a that's logarithm. Ex- and that is really exactly su- the really way old fuel simple. injection used yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. So the way mechanical fuel injection back in our grandparents' days was, is they would literally say, based on this temperature, not even air pressure, they didn't give a shit about air pressure, and they were actually spooled up coils, like the old Advance and Retard on, uh, electri- on uh, V8 motors. The distributor would move clockwise and anti-clockwise, based on the heat expansion of a metal coil. Bimetallic. Bimetallic coils. And they would rotate the uh, advance and retard of your distributor cap to change the timing of the motor, cold and hot. And that's the way every old V8 or V4 or whatever the hell it was. How, how your choke It was closed. how anything worked back in the day that wasn't, my like my, old, my first Harley-Davidson, was an advance and retard via a, a throttle but on the wrong hand. So I could rotate my distributor with my mechanical advance on my left hand. And that's the way old cars and motorcycles used to be. Model A Fords, Model T Fords, you advance and retard on your distributor. So you retard it. And you retard it to get the motor going. Get it going. And once the motor was going, you'd gently advance it until it got to the point where the motor was running happily. And if you were at wide open throttle, you could advance it to stops. And so you'd operate your left hand grip, in the case of the motorcycle... You'd operate your left hand grip to the point where is it full advance when you were giving it the full beans on the throttle. So you had a what felt like a throttle on your left hand and on your right hand. If you ever get a chance to drive an old motorcycle that had manual advance, I would timing. love that just to get the idea of what the difference of advance was. You mm-hmm. know, a, you yeah, know, I'm going to give it a given throttle. I'm going to give it a given throttle response oh, and then yeah. play with the advance. And I spent three hours learning how to drive a Model A. Yeah. It ain't a Model T, rather. I it rode in one up at yeah. uh, Greenfield, at Greenfield Village, Village, and it's like, oh. No, no, it ain't easy. It's all different. It ain't easy. It's, it's more tractor than it is car. But anywho, I digress. So when you think about mechanical fuel injection, is a good place to start to understand the way mechanical fuel injection works. And the idea back then was that you altered your timing. The, the injection stayed ultimately the same. It was a variable pump that worked based on throttle position, but the timing changed to allow for differences in temperature. With modern fuel injection, we talk about those maps, and those maps are all about take yourself as a human being out of the question and turn yourself as a evidence collector into what's called an exhaust gas temperature gauge. So make yourself into an EGT and stick yourself up the tailpipe. And the only thing you care about in the world is the ratio between gas and oxygen. So we want to make sure that we're getting a clean burn, a stoichiometric mix. Would EGT mix of, only care about temperature? What's that? 
Would an EGT only care about temperature? Uh, no, this is, a, this is an EGA. I'm sorry, exhaust gas analyzer. So we're going exhaust gas analyzer on the back end to only see what's coming out. Yep. Because in our world today, we're very focused on emissions as a effect right, of and clean detonation. Run too lean. Exactly. Clean detonation will yield you a relatively small emissions package, and bad detonations will lead you a very rich emissions package. I think they lean towards nitrous. Like the, the, well, they always do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pumping nitrogen into something is a good way to fake things out. So what I'm concerned with when I think about a fuel injection system and why it's superior to any carburetor is the ability to have a consistent temperature so I can take not so much head temperature, but I can take your exhaust temperature, which we use a Lambda for. And, and your volume's consistent. Yep. So I can say... Based on barometric pressure, based on ambient temperature, based on a detonation that's timed correctly, going mass and mass flow, mass airflow, yeah, and based on that, and then saying there's a bang, and then once the bang happens, clean valve operation that leads to an exhaust gas charge that I can measure the temperature of, and then at extreme output end, thank you, at the extreme output of, then I can go exhaust gas analyzer. So these are my checks and balances system of making sure that every time we go bang, it's the best bang they can give us. Best bang for the buck. And it really is. And that's why an extraordinarily powerful engine that's giving us 1,000 horsepower out of 500 cubic inches is getting incredibly bad fuel efficiency, right? We're using a ton of fuel and a ton of air but well, for a very that, short period of time. Yeah, that's the main reason why older, you know, 60s, 70s engines yep. would wear out at 100,000 miles mm-hmm. because they were overfueling yep. and washing the oil off the inside of the cylinders exactly. and causing excessive wear. And I would love, I loved it when I would have a conversation with people about my 69 Ford Econ line with a 305 in, or 302 V8 in it. Because in 1969, my 302 V8 got 16 miles per gallon. Not bad for 69. That's amazing. It is. With a carburetor on it. Really, because you're down around 10s. Right. And so the same vehicle today, a Ford Econoline van today, with a 302 engine in it, a 5.0 liter engine in it, is not going to get 16 miles per gallon. What? Hold on. Stop. I'm not kidding you. For real. Uh, The 1969 vehicle got better fuel economy... (laughs) In a van, which was a worse aerodynamic picture, because do you think they were putting mid-Fords into an air, a wind tunnel? Whereas clearly my my 2008 Ford van has clearly been in a wind tunnel. I would yeah, hope I it. I would hope it has. I don't know. Right? <laughs> but the point so. being that... They put a brick in a wind tunnel? The point <laughs> is, if I do my damnedest and I try really hard, I can make my modern Ford van get the same mileage that my 1969 Ford van got out of the same exact 302 block. Okay? Well, you could, but it doesn't then, make but any sense. No, it does make loss, sense, and here's why it makes sense. Your catalyst, is you're losing efficiency through right. your catalyst. More importantly, John said it. My 302 V8 was lucky to survive 100,000 miles. If I had 100,000 miles on my 302 V8, high five, buy a new van. Right, but the clearances right. are tighter. Now, if I now if I have my van today, if I had 100,000 miles on it, I'm not even a third of the way done yet. 
that van had better last me 300,000 miles. Why? Well, drive trade will, but... Well, no, I know it will. I know it will because I've had how many of them before? Yeah. It is not uncommon to have a 300,000-mile lifespan out of a Ford 5-liter-powered van today. I can assure you, after owning a lot of old Fords, that we could not expect a 300,000-mile lifespan out of the old 302. And that's because what was coming out of the tailpipe was wetter and dirtier and worse. And we had to change the oil every 3,000 miles or experience catastrophic failure. If I rode the vehicle, if I drove the vehicle from here to Florida, I used a quart and a half, two quarts of oil along right. the way, right? And I can drive this vehicle for 7,000 miles and not use a quart of oil. Well, yeah, I just believe that your modern day van mm-hmm. with the right map, yeah. with a little bit of the right thing, could be getting 20 miles to the gallon. It's really uh, just yeah. sort of, for whatever reason... They've just been letting them not... I mean, like a minivan gets 60, 16 miles to the gallon. Of, well, that's it, inexcusable. All it, I mean, the biggest part of it is aerodynamics. And if anybody... I and mean, that's not even yeah. a V8. That's like a V6. Oh, no. Or even four-cylinder. Aerodynamics is a bitch. I mean, you make that I thing agree, look like a I, teardrop. I hear exactly you what you're You make it saying. look like a teardrop, well, okay, and all of a sudden so we have a minivan that's like a fucking bubble. That, you know what I mean? It's I believe they called that the Toyota Previa. Right. <laughs> they put a six-cylinder in it. I'm just saying... And I got 25 miles per gallon. I did. I mean, I owned it. And it was Somebody's... it was as aerodynamic as any minivan I've ever had. As as aerodynamic as a minivan kind of could be. Right, right, right. And it got 25, whereas the Dodge Caravan got 17. Yeah. Yeah. So, same motor, same output, same horsepower, give or take, and, you know, infinitesimal difference. I still think there's some waste. There's some tuning. There's something, like, that just, they could have done better with... Well, and the other thing too is remember we gotta we gotta kind of we gotta play to the crowd. If I know that my crowd, there's this factor too. Well, go ahead, finish. I'm well, sorry. Billy Joe Jim Bob is going to pump eighty six octane in Iowa, eighty six octane in Denver on the top of the mountain, or he might fucking throw in a, a, a tank full of ninety four octane from Sunoco. I got to make a motor that runs on all that different jungle juice. Well, and the other thing, there's is no this. consistency. What we like what we found when yeah. we did the power commanders, yeah, was that the power commanders were typically giving thirteen percent more fuel, or were giving more fuel yeah. per stroke, yeah. but getting thirteen percent better gas mileage. Absolutely, hmm. yeah. So right. it was a richer map, mm-hmm. yep, but better gas mileage because you were getting a more full power stroke. We were definitely get, taking in more advantage of our better timing and and more efficient use of timing, and so I I do feel like when we get when we start to go down the wormhole of fuel injection and electronic ignition, better timing, like all of these things together, the ultimate goal is to have less gasoline exiting our tailpipe. Because we're paying for the gasoline, we want to use all of it. While also making more power. Yeah. Well, if we more, use all the gasoline... Fuel, more fuel efficient and more right. power. Um, and I think a lot of it with fuel injection comes down to how you're actually controlling the injectors. Like, um, uh, I know... I. I'm not an expert in this by any means. We but consider I, you to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I know a so lot of... live up to it now. <laughs> a lot of the, the tuning comes down to various pulse width modulation Absolutely. of the injectors yeah. and, and making a, a good mist of very fine particles yep. to, to be... Oh, a good fuel, a new fuel injector, and mm-hmm. we can tell you here all the time, uh, a fuel injector that's old and worn out yep. needs to be rebuilt. 
-hmm. And now you can either purchase a new fuel injector, which can be extremely costly from the manufacturers, or we have a list of people that we use that we can send a fuel injector out to and they will rebuild it for considerably less money. And we mail it out to them. They they put it back together again and they send us back. Mm -hmm. Or they, you know, it's a core thing, you know. But the point being that a lot of runnability issues, a lot of weird things. Uh, remember that fuel injection in motorcycles now is starting to have its 25th birthday. Yeah. So there are historical vehicles that are fuel injected. If you think there are small orifices inside a carburetor, mm-hmm. look at the little tiny, you know, the six or seven holes yeah. that are in the tip of a fuel tip injector. Of injector. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's and if you small. don't get a good spray pattern, so when you're you changing really your fuel mm-hmm. filter on your car yep. or whatever you're changing, yeah, you must not let any. Mm-hmm. Contaminants get in that fuel line. Yeah, if they if they work their way into your injectors, that's why fuel filters are so important these days. And that's why when you look at diesel vehicles that have multiple fuel uh, filters, the reason for that is because the injection systems are very vulnerable to contaminants. So on the older fuel injected motorcycles, is there an issue with um, like degrading fuel lines with modern fuels clogging yes. the? Oh, and okay. we're starting to see a lot of that because. The new fuels that tend to bring with them some oxidants, Mm -hmm. sorry, oxidizers, I'm sorry, that as ethanol starts to bring its buddy water in, and that introduces oxidation into a system that wasn't really meant to handle that much uh, contamination, Mm -hmm. we are seeing this, you know, this uh, chalky substance that is a result of the oxidation of the uh, alloys that the fuel is passing through. And that stuff is taking its toll. And on older fuel injection systems, we're starting to see weird shit, you know, particulates, garbage, crap. And there's there's not much we can do about it other than, yeah, you you occasionally do have to change out a fuel injector. But it's so much easier to change out a fuel injector, you know, to pull a a fuel injector out. Not much harder than a spark plug. It is. It's so damn easy. Usually they're held in place like one, well... They're usually held in place by one 8-millimeter nut or an 8-millimeter bolt. And you just kind of reach in there and zap that thing out, pluck mm-hmm. that fucker out, and put 12 volts to it. And you put 12 volts to it, and you see how bad she sprays. And if the spray looks like poo or it just dribbles out or doesn't spray at all, your diagnostics are done for the day. Place an order. Mm-hmm. You know, get the to AutoZone and find another fuel injector or... If it's super exotic, like a BMW or a Ducati or whatever. So let's throw out all this fuel economy bullshit that we yeah. not, none of us really give a fuck about. Right. Maybe. Actually, maybe you do. I, uh... <laughs> Remember, he owns an electric motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about what kind of brat we can hope to get out of the KLR. I mean, my experience with fuel with fuel injection and especially with like power commanders right. and, and tuning up a fuel injection right. system is... They run a lot fucking better. And it's a liquid-cooled bike. Let's say 20% you get out right. of that and bike. And so my hopes are very 20%? high because... I'm good. I'm, a KLR motor great. <laughs> a KLR motor is one of the most understressed, underused, yeah. underworked motors right, so in the world. So it's probably running way... It's probably getting way too much fuel for I would assume so. And I remember... Would, I would assume that it's getting not enough fuel. I would assume that it's stock configuration, it's super lean. Yes. And in what we have here, where I've given Go it a stage... Throttle. Wouldn't you think it would be, be way yeah. more fuel Absolutely. off throttle? And the way that's set okay, up right so now, on just throttle, keep it I'm running. sorry, on throttle, you'd be... So, well, what I've already done to it. So let's first talk about where it is right now. Because when it came in to the shop a few months ago, it was bone stock 1,100 miles. Last generation KLR. 
what it, what's already happened to it before I had the idea of let's put fuel injection on it is I did the stage three mod. I mean, there's there's virtually nothing left of the airbox, mm-hmm. and there's you know a piece of foam where the filter used to be, and there's big giant fucking jets where they used to be. The needle has been raised up to the point where you know we put a shim under. It's coming out the top of the tank. Yeah, it's coming out the top of the carb. <laughs> yeah, <coming out> the, <laughs> yeah. the needle's been raised up as high as we can raise it, and there's a maiden Cleveland fart cannon on the back of it, you know, uh, courtesy of our friends at Jardine, a.k.a. Super Trap, right? And so right now we have taken that vehicle without altering its ECU, without altering its CDI, without adding any uh, power commander to it. On a carbureted system, it's as ultimately as much as the common person would ever want to put on it without changing the volume of the cylinder, without making it a big bore kit. But it makes it just more rideable. The whole idea is it would make it more fun, right? The whole idea is it would kind of compensate. Well, it was very rideable. Now we're trying to make it more rippable. And I was going to (laughs) say, even the difference between riding the military KLRs where we've taken our military KLRs and we've, you know, we've changed the airboxes. You know, we've opened up the airboxes quite a bit. We've changed the jetting in them quite a bit. And even if they're still running a stock pipe, we're getting more fuel into them. And, you know, if you're the type that's going to go in and advance, you know, work on taking, you know, replace the doohickey or whatever, whatever there. But the long and short of it is stock is designed to be within a certain EPA parameter and enough to get you down the road. And it always felt like when you're on a KLR 650, it always felt like, God damn, I know there's got to be more here. Right? And Where's that sixth gear? Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) Give me a goddamn sixth. That's all I want is a sixth gear. Why can't my dirt bike be a road bike too? And There's like a hole in the power band. There's a hole in the power band, right? You always feel like it's just not giving you what it could. So with what we have now... The people, and myself included, who have set bikes up in the current configuration have always been like, okay, this is adequate but not remotely exciting. So it goes from lethargic or un- under-stimulating. The KLR650 never feels like it has a light front end. Nope. No. You never feel like you could blip no. the throttle and have it stand up no. on you. No, it's no DRZ, baby. And it, ne- it never had the DRZ disease of, like, the ooh, unintended wheelie. Ooh. Right, exactly. Or even an, 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 the uh, XR650L. Well, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, right. Those come right up. They come I right know, up. I like those. Yeah, XRs are fun. So this thing never had that, and it certainly wasn't one to jump in the air and, and click its heels. But I what I'm hoping... But it does a lot of other things better, as in... The like whole idea is it's a pack 80 mule. 80 mile an hour on the highway all day long, that's your bike. Of course it is. It's a pack mule... It is never going to be the most delicate off-road beast ever. But what it is going to do is, by God, if you want to drive it from here to Alaska, that's your girl right there. We see many of those up in New York. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you do need to go, I hate to say it, but that is the Toyota Tacoma of motorcycles. It's the AK-47 of motorcycles. I mean, yeah, it's never going to win any marksmanship competitions, but, God, it'll still work for you. You can put peanut butter all through it. Yeah, it'll still run just (laughs) great. A comfortable seat is all it needs. I have watched many videos where guys have intentionally tried to kill KLR-650s, including hole in the case. Like, the guy was tabletopping it on lava rocks and shit and put a hole in the bottom of the case 
and the bike still ran for hours after the hole was in the case. Clearly, Amsoil. <laughs> Amsoil, Uncle Oil, I don't care. He'd have just slapped yeah. any kind of oil up yeah, in there. It would have kept running. No, the fucking thing was hilarious. The guy cased it. I mean, he cased it. He's out like bunny hopping and jumping KLR. He cased the living shit out of it. And then eventually, after hours and hours and hours, decided to see if he could affect a JV weld repair. Side of the road thing, you know? And did. And despite a minor leakage, the bike lives on, you know? So this is that kind of a thing. So yes, I hope with fuel injection, we will have unleashed a little bit of fun. You know? I hope that with fuel injection, there's a little excitement happening. I know. Yeah, a little... ah. Yeah, a little something, something, a little something, something. <laughs> it's been the case with you know taking you know with some of the fuel injected bikes and then putting a fire commander on them. Yeah. Now let's take a carbureted bike and put fuel injected a tuned yeah. fuel injector on it. It's got to do something. Well, if maybe we'll go into the point where we will have gone where Kawasaki could have gone, I decided not to go. I can't believe these bikes are still running around without fuel injected. When yeah. every one twenty five cc fucking it's scooter fucking has fuel injection. How can it be yeah, that, the it, KL, that the DRZ, that the DR everything from Suzuki, that, that the yeah, KL, everything from, from you're sitting thirty look at man, you're sitting thirty five feet away from a Kimco Chinese built one fifty one fifty with fuel injection ABS that will happily run sixty five miles per hour out of a one fifty that's 13 and change on the horsepower scale. And and runs really good for 2500 bucks. You know, for 2500 freedom units. Well, that's what f- fuel yeah. injection gives you. Yeah. The entire range yeah. at the right air fuel mixture. Fuel injection I mean, makes that's bad what things it, that good. just makes it makes yeah. Carburation the, like is you like, look at the the graph of the carburetor graph, you, you see like the the idle jet yeah. works from here to here right. and does this, and the main it gets jet notchy. Does, yeah, there, there's there's lumps in the in that curve, yeah. whereas the fuel injection is constantly analyzing Absolutely. the sensors and it's it's adjusting for it. And if you observe a fuel injection, if you take your exhaust gas analyzer, like if you ever get a chance to kind of look at an exhaust gas analyzer, I mean, I'm not telling you to go out and spend twelve hundred bucks and buy one. We have got one here and we use it. And if you get a chance to hook it up and have fun with it, it's great. Take a really good running carbureted bike, a bike that you think is like, wow, this thing's really making me happy. And you take a bike, put it up on the stand, and go through a rev range. It'll be rich. Right? Go through a rev range. It's hilarious what's coming out of the tailpipe. Like, you look at what's coming out of the tailpipe. You put a spark plug back there, you could burn it again. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? There's still burnable dinosaurs back there coming out your tailpipe. And when you do it with a fuel-injected bike, there's not enough there to support to su- support ignition, uh, support ignition, mm-hmm. uh, bourbon, and yes. the uh, <laughs> ride fast, <laughs> take chances, play us out of here. Bye.